This is Alt Haven's exclusive live stream of Predation. If you're eager to witness the live action firsthand, join us on Twitch every Monday night at 6pm PST on twitch.tv slash Althaven. If you're savoring what you hear and want more captivating content, explore Althaven's other remarkable podcasts, like $2 Creature Feature and Pest Control. Our extensive backlog spans from the mystical realms of ghosts, werewolves, and vampires to the cosmic adventures of Star Trek and the heroic tales of superheroes. Your support is invaluable to Alt Haven, and we appreciate every moment you spend with us. Thank you for being part of our Haven. Welcome back to the Cretaceous Era, everybody. I'm Eric Campbell here with the Stream Punks as we continue into Chapter 5 of Legacy of Silver Creek, our Predation Cypher System game here on Alt Haven. <sighs> I gotta shorten that. I gotta do something to like. We gotta make it longer. Add add extra words and like yeah, really fun God. Okay. adjectives. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> uh, before we kick things off tonight, before we do any other announcements, I want to pause real quick for a second and do two things. First of all, I want to give a big shout out to everybody who tuned in to our game on Friday. Our absolute wild chaotic one shot of D&D that we had for MS Society. Uh, it was absolute chaos. It was completely brilliant. Um, everything about it was just pure madness. And of course, uh, we had a lot of people in chat wishing that it wasn't a one shot. And as always, I am there with you on that, which is it, it, it's very I think you can all appreciate those of you who have tuned into our streams over the years from Eric's TBD RPG to now I have a lot of difficulty letting things go and one shots are my babies and it's very difficult to just one shot and leave. So that was a very difficult game to walk away from, but I'm very, very glad. Brave. I'm very proud of Thank you. Thank you. Uh, especially when it's that much fun and everyone's characters are that fantastic and there's that many wild magic surges. Uh, we raised $1,000. Um, we had a big donor and Sam has been very good and has not told us who that big donor is because Sam is good. Oh, okay, never mind. Sam Sam is awful. Sam is terrible and, and they didn't say anything. And um, we just wanted to thank you, whoever you are out there, for throwing that 500 buck, but also... Everybody else who donated anywhere from one cent to however much, thank you so much for helping us raise all that money. It was fantastic and a wonderful start. Um, the second thing I want to say before I hand things off, very, very important announcement. Um, if you get the chance um, sometime between tonight, uh, right now and midnight, if you could please go scream at Hector Navarro, happy birthday. I want you to just like flood the Twitter accounts of that handsome son of a bitch and tell him happy birthday and, and, and remind him that we are deeply grateful for his stretchy boy and his wonderful captain, his smarmy captain that we all adore, um, who absolutely was not secretly sneaking away in the middle of the night via transporter and sleeping with Zazred. In no way was that actually happening. That was completely not happening. Hector never hinted it was happening. It absolutely happened. It didn't happen. You didn't tell me you found my AO3 account. Uh, uh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> sorry. I I didn't want to I didn't want to bring it up, but uh, I had to. But anyway, go wish Hector Navarro a happy birthday. We love him very much. Um, those are my only announcements. Who else has anything to say before we jump into tonight's? Yes, Caitlin. Um. Also, belated happy birthday, Jake. It was Jake's birthday this week. <laughs> everybody, everybody say, everybody say, uh, we love you, Jake. <laughs> Happy birthday, Jake! Happy birthday! Everybody say they love him. Um, I actually have a order mine. I actually do also have real announcements. Um, oh, Stonehouses, an amateur guide to fiction, fable, and folklore, our folklore discussion podcast that we do an episode now once a year or whatever. We had a new episode last week. Uh, it's called not. It was about nautical folklore, uh, and it's up on most podcast platforms. 
is fun. We just talk about all of the uh, things that people tend to do on the sea when they live out there and things that you've become accustomed to. It's very, very fun. Um, and then I've talked a little bit about it before, but Thin Places Radio, which is kind of like a 10 minute or less like audio drama, uh, a weird little call-in radio show that we do. Uh, I will have news about season two coming out this week, I think. So keep an eye out for that. And if you haven't listened to it yet, I suggest that you do. It's very fun. That is also available on all major podcast platforms. That's all I got. Awesome. All right. Yes, Cynthia. Ah, hi. Yes. Greetings, Starfighter. Thank you. Uh, first off, uh, Aliza and I had the pleasure of being on Geek. Is it Geek Republic? Geek Public. Geek Public, where we played our, I led my first Vampire the Masquerade game. <gasps> yeah. What? Yeah. Um, GM now. She what was such a good storyteller. <laughs> Not Nobody surprised died. at all. Nobody died. No final death? Not yet. No, not that mm-hmm. time. One of these days, <laughs> one of these days, I'm gonna beg, I'm gonna, I'm gonna beg one of you uh, vampire storytellers to let me play my all-time favorite vampire character. Come play. Come one play of with these me. days, one of these days. Come play with me. Um, but if you want to check it out, it's also kind of in like a podcast version. Um, it's Geek Public. I believe twitch.tv dot, uh, slash Geek Public. You can Definitely find them. on YouTube. Um, yeah. I'm going to check for Twitch, actually. Yeah, they're all over the place. Um, but we also did a whole bunch of other podcasts. Um, so I talked about my cancer journey on one of the episodes. So if you guys would like to hear um, both scientifically, emotionally, physically, and mentally about my cancer journey, it is all on there. It's about an hour's worth of, of, of me talking <laughs> about everything. Um, but I do get into the science of it, which I, I really um, appreciated them allowing me to talk through like some of the drugs that I had to get through and, and why and all this kind of stuff so that was kind of fun talked about horror we all we, there were so many different topics that we all talked about so go check that out it's going to be fun and then on the flip side i am also going to be running another btm game um it's for hispanic heritage month um so i will be doing roll for hispanic heritage month it's gonna be saturday october 7th at 5 p.m pacific standard time i'm gonna be running um kind of something similar that Aliza already kind of went through i'm gonna do i think the other side of it or i might do something that's based in puerto rico we'll see Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's all i got uh all right thank you cynthia uh Elisa, did you have something i do um uh, so geek public on youtube not the mm-hmm. one on twitch though tricky there's a different geek public radio that seems sure. to be other people i don't know who they mm-hmm. are but definitely the one on youtube run by our friend ryan omega um uh so yeah i'm definitely gonna plug my <laughs> my uh, now two interactive fiction things. But before I do that, I just want to say uh, I'm in a short film called Illegally Brown. And it was like an um, almost entirely brown, black and female cast and crew. Uh, and my good friend Gabby Lugo, who's an incredible producer and director and writer, uh, did this short film. Uh, and we shot it like a year and a half ago. It is in a bunch of festivals right now. And this weekend alone, it's screened in like th- two or three festivals. I went to one of them. But Catalina Film Festival awarded us Best Comedy. What? Congratulations. Holy crap. That's yeah. awesome. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know when you can see it, but definitely go follow Illegally Brown on Instagram. It is a very, very awesome short film that is going to be someday either a feature or a TV series, or who knows, maybe both. It has so much potential. It's really, really funny, even just uh, alone as its own piece. It's brilliant. Uh, Go check it out. 
And my other announcements are go check out verse.game. We are very quickly approaching October, which is when we are going to make a presence at New York Comic Con. Uh, and we're going to announce what we're doing with verse.game, this brand new, beautiful gaming platform. Uh, so verse.game is where you can sign up for our uh, newsletter, email list, update type. You won't get spammed. I don't think we've sent anything out yet so far, uh, but we will. And then uh, we're going to be starting social media presence soon. But you can follow. If you're if you're crafty, you'll find us on social media. We're lurking. Um, and then, of course, Storyloom. I'm Apiza Lisa on Storyloom. I realize it's not Aliza Pearl. It's A-P-I-Z-A-L-I-Z-A. Those are my stories. Welcome to the Blood Bar. Anaya the Hunter. Go check those out. Those are my my updates. Yeah. Cool. Thank you very all much. All right. That's a lot. That's awesome. Thank you. <laughs> um, all right. And uh, Noir, yeah. Just really quickly, what uh the One Shot Network podcast audition still going on? Please check it out. Uh and tell folks nice things about me. You can lie. Um, and also, uh tomorrow you won't need to. <laughs> tomorrow is our coffee game. Uh the last time we got together, <laughs> the last time we got together, uh we dove into the world of imagination to steal back uh, wonderful stories written by terrible people. So we're going to see who we're going to rip the story from next time. <laughs> Excellent. All right. Thank you very much, Noir. Do we have any other announcements before we jump into tonight's chapter five? Yes, Sam. Hi. Yes, I'm Sam Tlef. Um, So after I got to play with many of these lovely humanoids for the stream to stop MS, I had a second opportunity uh, as playing a an Aarakocra monk in the Infernal Goose Chase. Kelly ran that, right? Did yes. Kelly run that? That's Beautiful job, by the way. Uh, just absolutely handled getting a boss fight reward redeems thrown awesome. at her at random. Just awesome. what a what a lovely GM. Uh, but I'm not here to talk about bird monks. I'm here to talk about bird bards, which oh. I swear to Peter, we have scientifically discovered and they are, oh, my heart. So find out what the heck I'm talking about with IRL bird bards on the latest episode of May Contain Science, live now on my YouTube, youtube.com slash at the lovely D-E-L-E-V-E-L-Y. Yes. Um, are you going to, are you, when are you going to talk about the, uh, the rock samples that came back from the, uh, the big rock that was in space? Because I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. You going to talk about that one? Is that coming up soon? Eric, literally, why did you spoiler it? Oh. Eric. That's tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. <clears throat> yeah, sorry. <laughs> so everybody, everybody tune in live tomorrow morning. <laughs> yeah, everyone tune in live tomorrow morning. First uh, stop for the science is uh, on Morning People on Twitch at 8 a.m. every Tuesday. You learn about rocks. Um, but for now, dinosaurs. Dinosaurs! Dinosaurs. Let's go ahead and jump in tonight. Chapter five of Legacy of Silver Creek. Um, we have to we have to change gears now to dinosaurs. We got so wrapped up in space talk during the title sequence. We have to. Oh, we're not in space. We're not in oh, space. Okay. We're back oh, in the God. Cretaceous okay. period. Okay, okay, okay. Are you sure? Pretty well. Not anymore. Not when you put it like that. Um, <laughs> now I'm confused. Um, where we last left off in the Cretaceous period, Silver Creek had just been slammed by what 
they believe, what's been kind of vaguely suggested, was either the remnants of a hurricane or a hurricane itself. Incredibly high-speed winds, floods, slashing rains, thunder and lightning, it all came crashing down onto Silver Creek, just as it had been ominously predicted the past two chapters, as you had seen it coming in from the distant east. What you didn't expect was the time terror that came with it. It manifested in the middle of the storm itself. Time terrors is a quick recap for those um, who are joining us for the first time in the audience. Time terrors are a, light, a lot like time anomalies. The only difference is, is time anomalies are much smaller and usually completely benign and many times beneficial as they are how you, if you interact with a time anomaly, there is a very good chance you are going to receive a cipher which is a good thing. Time anomalies are these strange glitches in space-time, and no one truly understands exactly what causes them, what their point of origin is. There's theories, and no one fully understands how it is that the ciphers are able to translate directly the way they do. However, what they do know for a fact is the ciphers that come through time technologies are advanced. They come from the future. They interact directly with nanotech inside the DNA of a human being, giving you all advanced abilities and unique things that you can do for a one-time cost. Time terrors are different, though. Time terrors vary in size, but are usually the size of a small storm. They are huge. And what happens inside time terrors is so unpredictable, so absolutely chaotic, that they can be lethal. Inside time terror, space-time stops behaving, stops making sense. Events will take place and happen either all at once or in slow-mo, like bullet time, or they will splice with previous events and future events happening all at the same time. You can never trust what you see in a time terror. You might be experiencing future events that will never happen because of a choice you've already made. You might be seeing things that happened perhaps in another version of choices that had, had taken place and had branched off, you might actually be seeing legitimately what is going to happen tomorrow or months from now. It's impossible to truly tell. That's where osteons usually try to come in to try to make sense of these things. Time terrors are very difficult to see coming. Usually the only indication that you're about to experience one is a dramatic spike in temperature. Heat rising, causing everyone to get a little sweaty, and and it's almost like you're coming across and uh, like you've wandered into a panic attack, is essentially what the beginning of a time terror feels like. And then the world stops making sense. The landscape starts to glitch. Is the best way to describe it. Lines in your field of vision don't meet up. A tree might be sort of broken and split sideways and connecting to no tree into the ground like a video game glitch except for happening in real time in front of you and beyond that all chaos can happen leaves can turn into glass hell your arms could turn into glass anything can happen as reality begins to sort of warp and break down it's rare but they can be lethal and one struck silver creek apparently there are theories currently bouncing around in the heads of our heroes here as to what caused it, what attracted it, what caused it to, like, there's a lot of theories as to how this all took place. But what we do know is that all hell broke loose. You guys were managing, you were weathering the storm and then all hell broke loose. 
we are picking up where we left off. Indoors, inside uh, Dr. Yen's domicile, you guys are recovering from the absolute chaos that has been unleashed. And only just recently, it's worth noting, Zach, only just recently have you collapsed to the ground after being frozen in midair, after being thrown. So you've just impacted heavily on the floor. Um, on top of that, there is a very angry, very protective pterosaur that has smashed its way in here and is currently enveloped Clover and is protecting Clover's uh, fallen form on the ground. Uh, Michael Yen is currently desperately trying to calm Sweets down, but Sweets' disorientation and rage is based off the fact that this pterosaur has experienced a time anomaly and this pterosaur doesn't know what it experienced all it knows is it was reliving the moments in which it fled the butterflies with clover while all of this was happening chaos was continuing outside with joe and ozzy joe decided to take a big risk and to try to help save everyone seized the device that Ozzy had and fled through the front gates of Silver Creek out into the storm to get as far away from Silver Creek as possible in hopes that somehow that would trigger a calming effect or somehow cause this absolute madness to chill the F out, to get it as far away from the Osteons. And Joe, you are also grasping at straws and trying to figure out what the triggering event of this artifact, this thing that... Ozzy took with them from Kaleno. Is it Dahlia or is it Ozzy? Right now, you from where from where you left off, the conclusions that you have been jumping to, Joe, based off of what you've experienced, your theory right now is that it's actually Ozzy that's causing the, the, the interaction with this device and Ozzy might be what's the catalyst of what's causing the time anomalies and the time Joe's storm. Joe's theory right now is that it takes three things, and in the past it's been Dahlia, the item, and Ozzy. Right. And now it is the storm and Ozzy and the item. And so her goal right now is to just get it out of range, which is what helped last time. As an engineer, as an engineer, you're basically just breaking down uh just doing like the cause and effect, like breaking down all the evidence that you can. And trying to remove the, the variables. Okay, we know it's not this. We know it's not this. This this is a constant. This is a constant. This is a constant. So let's see what happens when I run outside this this the village proper with it and see what happens. She runs out doing math in which she was like calculating how big the living room was, how far outside the house she had to get before it stopped versus right. how big she thinks the time terror is times that distance as how far she thinks she needs to run. That is the math she is doing while she's running out the front gates. Perfect. Fresh in your mind, Joe? No, no, that's her. She needs she needs something concrete, and that's what she has to go off of. So she's running through the rain, through so, the storm. A hurricane, no less. The gusts of winds yeah. are picking up. Now, remember, I did attach a couple of things. Because we are in mm -hmm. a storm, I'm using the variant horror rules present in Cypher System. So for those of you who don't know, Cypher System has a, has a is divided up by different genres that you, are, that you can play using the system. One of the genres is horror. In the horror system, you inform the players that you've entered into a horror scene. And when you've done that, what happens is, is as time ticks on throughout the scene to increase the pressure and terror that is experienced, the 
threat range for a GM intrusion, which is normally one, starts to tick up. Where we last left off, if you roll the die and it's between a one and a five, I get to intrude. It's a critical fail. So right now, with high-speed winds and slashing rain and rolling thunder and lightning, uh, Joe, you have decided to brave the storm and run out into it. And as you were running out into this curtain of rage spilling forth from the skies above, fresh in your mind is that bizarre out-of-body vision experience that you just had with Ozzy, where the two of you found yourselves sometime in your future or a future far north of silver creek remembering the disorientation feeling like you couldn't tell were you being projected into a future or were you in the future remembering an event from the past it was no you had almost no like orientation you had no center in order to make you had no horizon it felt like you were spinning in a three-dimensional space with absolutely no point of reference now running into this curtain of rain Silver Creek has immediately vanished behind you in the oncoming deluge of rain. About 20 feet outside the gate, you can't see behind you through the rain anymore. And the wind is literally gusting you to your left and right, battering against you. You're charging through these huge, tall leaves, uh, this, this tall blades of prehistoric grass. It's she's whipping against you. Steps, by the way, that is, I want to say, like, she's doing her math, leaving. She's counting 30, how many steps. 31, she 32, yeah. as you're like shouting, you can barely thing, yeah. hear yourself yeah. over the yeah. roar of the wind mm -hmm. as you're charging out into. Calming and also to be used later, hopefully, possibly to get back. But that okay. is her. Ozzy, you are, you have just watched Joe vanish through the gray haze. You can make out the looming form of the front gates of Silver Creek about close to about 100 feet away. And you can tell from the shadows of the walls that surround Silver Creek that the doors, the gates, those great gates that, uh, that are always closed, that are always kept closed. Piper keeps those closed at all times, especially during emergencies. You can tell based off just the shadows between the rain that those gates are open for whatever reason they were open now you are currently just like covered in mud and the wind is battering you left and right causing you to stumble to your right about 45 feet to your right is the open door to Michael Yin's place where all the chaos is happening. It's sort of like at an angle, but about 45 feet away and about 60 feet away to your left. Also at an angle, not too far is actually the domicile in which you all left Dahlia to rest right before the storm hit. We're going to pick up with you specifically. Ozzy, what, what is happening right now? What are you doing to make out of all of this chaos that's happening? Uh, I can't go after Joe, and Joe should not be out there. And Joe should really, really, really not be out there alone. So, I think I need the really tough, stoic, guy to go help joe or something 
the survival expert. They'll know what to do. Yeah. Uh, so I want to go back in to Michael Yen's place where I'm sure everything is fine. I'll bring a, a few pizzas. Okay. I'll just be pizza Troy here. Okay. Um, you pull your hands up to your eyes and you literally have to lean your body weight towards the wind as you push yourself back closer towards the front gates. Um, at one point, I'm going to need you to yep. um, make a quick roll here. This is going to be a strength check, keeping okay. in mind that because of the um, the environment right now, the environmental factors, I'm not going to adjust the difficulty so much as I'm just letting you know that uh, the GM threat range is still five right now. So one through five is a intrusion. Um, so go ahead and make me a strength check and it is a standard difficulty. So you're going to need a... Yeah, you're going to need a, a four or better. I'm sorry, a 12 or better. So a difficulty of four. Oh. 12 is standard now? Sheesh. 50, the, the, the baseline difficulty where 50% of people who roll that succeed is four. It's the baseline difficulty for Cypher system. Makes sense. I mean, applications yeah. of effort and so on. Um. Uh... So right now you need a 12 or better before you do anything else. Uh, my preference is to elect to fail, but I know we're intrusion fishing, so I'll partake. Mm -hmm. Ah, alas, I disappoint you on both counts as a 13. Okay. Um, I'll do better next time. The rain stings as it hits you at the speed in which it's moving. It's slashing against you. You manage to push yourself forward and using your body weight, you, you kind of create a neutral ballast, not falling forward where you should manage to reach one of the pillars that keeps up the awning just outside of Michael Yen's place and grab hold of it like a lifeline, pulling, pulling yourself close. You get a good glimpse at what's going on inside. Over the roar of the rain, you can hear the screeching of sweets. You kind of lean in before you pull yourself into the doorway. And as you manage to pull yourself in, soaked to the bone, you stop and notice sweets is in here. Furniture, Tables, everything has been overturned. You see liquids all over the floor, water spread out everywhere. Sweets has tracked in all this mud. You have no idea what the hell is happening here, but you also notice that on top of all the chaos, um, you see that Zach is on the ground slowly starting to pick himself back up. You see the foot of Clover peeking out from underneath one of Sweets' wings. And Sweet is currently like got their wings completely spread over in front like they're protecting a nest and is screeching at Michael Yen, who looks absolutely terrified and he's backing away going, okay, 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 okay. Oh. Is this a bad time? Uh. Oh. <laughs> yeah, Zach, you are slowly starting to come to as well. You, you probably are just trying to reorient yourself because you were locked in time for a split second there. Yeah. Um, you are, you were, it feels like you are waking up from unconsciousness in a state of total chaos and trying to get your bearings. You see standing in the doorway, it looks like Ozzy who looks a little like a deer in headlights trying to figure out what the hell is going on and what to do. And then you see the scene about 10 feet away from you. Sweets is right next to you. And is not being friendly right now. Sweets looks like they are in full defensive mode 
over the what you are certain is the fallen body of Clover. Okay, so I'd like to make a correction uh, from last week. I actually sure. discovered how Walking with Dinosaurs works works now. Okay. Um, so there are two effects. One is an active. Uh, it's uh, it's where da, 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 uh, I spend two intellect points. It's a Kinseic ability. Uh, if you spend one round reading the body language of a nearby dinosaur, including mm -hmm. your companion, you gain an asset on interacting with dinosaurs for 10 minutes. Okay. Uh, action to initiate. And oh, that's then awesome. Then the second part of the ability is read the signs. You're always watching the creatures around you to see what they're paying attention to. You are trained in initiative and assessing danger when you see a living dinosaur in the vicinity. And that's, oh, that's an cool. enabler ability. Okay. So that's always active. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's really smart. Okay, cool. So I think immediately uh, it's going to be the uh, the Kinsey ability where I'm going to spend two intellect uh, points. Okay. Uh, it take a round to just I'm I wake it up and I see a, a screeching uh, pterosaur. So that's where the focus is, and I'm just I'm trying to understand the situation from Sweet's perspective. Okay, I'll give it to you. Now you normally play Sweets, right? So I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna assume <laughs> I'm gonna assume Sweets' role here. Sweets is in full on like mother goose mode. Um, does not want anyone coming near Clover. Is treating everyone around Clover like they are a threat. Like they've, it, it, you get the impression Sweets is in a panic mode, a fight or flight mode, and is and is protecting Clover from harm. Does not seem to identify that everyone around Clover is an ally. Okay. It's it's an instinct. It's not a thought process. Sweets just knows Clover's injured. These people were here when it happened. Therefore, one plus one. <laughs> All right. So taking that map in, I think Zach is going to slowly reach in his bag for two things. One, rations into uh, a flask of water. Okay. And very slowly he's going to approach, completely submissive, offer the ration, and then start to pour the water onto a clover, or at least... That's it's very like it's very I'm feeding you and your baby kind of um, move. Okay. As you begin to inch towards Clover carefully, you see that great crested head and that razor beak of sweets just suddenly it those big eyes just suddenly turn towards you as sweets notices you and suddenly pivots. There's this terrible like crashing, screeching, like scraping sound on the ground as this pterosaur angles itself towards you all of a sudden. Mouth spreads open wide and this ear-shattering screech in your direction, warning you away. Uh, if you would like to make a roll here to try to handle sweets. Yep. We're, we're um, doing it. I'm going to say, in this instance, because you are not in the storm, you are not subjected to the one through five threat range. It is now in place because you're indoors. You're not. You're not having to deal with it. However, because of the heightened emotional state that Sweets is in, and this is not going to be an easy roll. I'm going to start it at fifth at uh, difficulty five. Okay, so you will need which would be better. Uh, does the uh, uh, I'm not not ex I I'm learning, but uh, what is an asset? Because I have an asset. Yes, on this row. assets ease the target number by one. Gotcha. So. Gotcha. 
your five immediately becomes a four because this is what you're good at. So without even having to spend anything, you automatically drop the difficulty by one. Now, if you have any skills that come into play, you can drop it further for spending effort. Um, mm, I I don't. (laughs) We're just going in this case. So, I mean, that's something you could easily purchase the next when you get your next tier if you wanted to, but like. Um, you can also spend to drop it again if you'd like, and we also right. have we also have story points. Story, you know what? You Correct. know what? I think it's time we call in a story. Like, help me. That's ox true. Crew. So the ox crew You're is my only hope. Yeah. So, um, all right. So then at five, so it starts mm-hmm. at five, and then you have your walks with dinosaurs ability, mm-hmm. which immediately drops it down to four, and then you were going to spend a story point. And because of our membership tier, uh, this one comes from, dun, 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 this is from Leo Ambermain. So Leo Ambermain's giving you a story point that is immediately going to reduce it down one more. So five drops to four, four now drops to three, and you need a nine or better you for split, spending effort. Just real quick, you said uh, if I if I have a skill. I'm not sure if this is a skill, so I'm just, I'm asking. Yeah, fire away. Um, when it says read the signs, uh, the last part of that is you're trained in initiative and assessing danger then if that if this was an incidence where i was having you roll for initiative or trying to find out if you were about to die or some such like anticipating a surprise attack then you would automatically be trained you would lower the difficulty it doesn't really count here you know you're in danger (laughs) that that makes it clear here we go yeah uh that is a 17. you succeed uh as you creep closer there's a moment where sweets tenses up you see that it's not so much your action. Sweet seems to recognize you. Um, your training with dinosaurs is on par with Michael Yen. The only difference between you and Michael Yen, though, is that unlike Michael Yen, Zach, you are a Karn. You are used to staring death in the face every time you leave the gates of Silver Creek. You are capable of keeping your cool in the face of a very dangerous animal. In this instance, Michael Yin is a little panicked because he doesn't fully understand what's going on, but you keep your cool and inch towards Sweet's. Sweet's wings stay up and their mouth stays open, but the screeching stops as they watch you. As you creep closer and closer to Clover, you cannot help but feel like at any second, much like a crocodile, this frozen parasaur could snap at you quite capable the bite isn't going to hurt so much as the beak may be impaling you which it's more than capable of doing being that this pterosaur stands almost a full head taller than you yeah and that, having seen kimmy go go to work he knows exactly what these how can- <laughs> <laughs> yes pterosaurs much like modern day birds the way they attack and eat for something that is smaller it can be very terrifying so you yeah you have, you have an appreciation for pterosaurs. Having one as a companion is giving you the edge here, and Sweets watches your body language. When you move over to Clover, Clover looks like they're alive and conscious, but disoriented, and they look completely exhausted, like they're out of it. You also see that Clover is clutching... It looks like she's clutching her side, maybe her shoulder, and you're pretty sure you see blood. All right, that's going to be the first thing to take care of. And 
it's just going to rip a piece of fabric off. I'm like, it, it, and the whole time, just act. It's almost like everything he does, he's pointing it in Sweet's direction for permission. Sweet's and mouth slowly closes, like they're adapting to your presence, and they don't. They're they're not as agitated. Clover, I'm not sure how cognizant you are, but I need you to be very strong for me and remain as quiet as you possibly can. This is going to hurt, but if you make a noise, I will die. <laughs> uh, Clover, you are aware of him saying that to you, and you are just now beginning to realize that you are not lying on a cave floor. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, what are you going to do? You're muted, Noir. Of course I am. All right. <laughs> uh, basically, just want to put a wrap around the wound to stop the bleeding. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Just a basic tourniquet. Uh, I, I'll roll for it if need be. I don't um, have anything. No. Okay. <laughs> not, we're not really, you've, you've kind of temporarily disarmed the situation. Instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to let Clover roll a D6 and add your tier to it. And you can spread those points out. Basically, you're getting a free short. Oh, snap. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're basically, you're getting a free heal here. <laughs> let me guess. You rolled a one? Yeah. Well, the good news is, is you only needed to have one point in that pool to be no longer inhindered. <laughs> All right. So if you've uh, got one back in your strength, you pull yourself out of the death spiral, and that's a good thing. Uh, but I get two total, right? Two, yes. Tier. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'll put. I'll just put them both in might. In might. Yes. Okay. Um, you the, still heard the accurate story on that one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you were impaired. You are now. No penalties. You no longer have any penalties. So yep. you, as you feel sort of the jerking sensation as a, a tourniquet goes around your shoulder, uh, you get the impression Zach's done this many a time. It's a good patch job. Um, Sweets also kind of relaxes a little bit when he sees you moving. And they, <laughs> they edge back a little bit. But Noir, I'm going to give you back Sweets now. As you start realizing that Clover is alive and moving, and it would appear that Zach has helped them. I, that seems Sweet, apparent. Sweets is going to full on knock uh, Zach out of the way. <laughs> like, just... No, Sweets! Knocking Zach out of the way? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, a, a seven-foot pterosaur just decided that you've had enough time with Clover. Yep. And that I think, wing... I think Sweets is like five feet tall, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. Oh, are they? Okay, so like looking five. at... Yeah, it's with, like five, including that crest, it's including like crest, including the crest, because I'm looking at the yeah. silhouette. Oh yeah, what I, does that look like? The silhouette shows that the crest stands well over the head of the tallest member of the party. I don't know. It's but, yeah, it's kind of yeah. But you get to tell me how tall Sweets is, Clover. I was, I was thinking off, yeah, like the body of Sweets is like the top of the head, not the crest, is like just at four feet. And then okay. the crest adds another two, two ish. Okay. And a half I might have just done a bad silhouette job. So I, there like you go. Job. No, no. I saw that. I thought it was close, you know, uh, maybe three and a half feet and then another three feet of crest. I think it's kind of 
Okay. I think your silhouette is great. I, I didn't say anything because I thought it was okay. awesome. In which case, <laughs> um, it's still, I mean, it's not enough to send you flying, but you oh. do you do get a nice hard shove. I'm down to cloud. I'll make it, I'll make it to fits row. <laughs> Talk about PvP, like, it's uh, like <laughs> I'll fight myself. <laughs> you get you get a nice shove from a very protective pterosaur. Man, Clover does say like sweets no, and tries to ah! intervene. <laughs> sweets, Aww. and I'm gonna wipe the blood on my t-shirt, my <laughs> new clothes I just put on, uh, and and just reach out to to sweets and try to get over to them and and. Give them a little comfort pact. Uh, I, yeah, they they kind of lean not completely on you, but enough where it's just like, I'm all that you're paying attention to right now. <laughs> oh. Uh, what are you doing, Ozzy? In the doorway, seeing all of this unfold. Um. Related. Michael Yen. Status. Um, he looks like he's got a scratch on the side of his face. It's not deep at all. It just looks like a scratch. Um, he just looks mostly nervous. <laughs> but he looks like he's coming down after he sees Zach kind of get things under control. And he's just I think, I th I think we're okay. You're okay, sweets. You're okay. Clover's okay. Everybody's okay. Yeah, I'm okay too. <laughs> Nothing feels okay though. Okay, so the answer to busy was yes. Is there anything I should be getting? That's blood. Um and just kind of standing in the doorway, like, do I need to run over to to mm -hmm. Molina's base or something? Right. Because the answer to busy is yes. Yes. They're, they're, yeah, bad time. Yeah. There. Is the um, door open? Uh, yeah. Mm hmm Yeah. They're, yeah. And, and Ozzy is in the doorway. doorway. Mm hmm Excuse me. It, why is the door, why are you out, why were you outside? Because my friend just ran out the gate. Zach does like a quick count. What direction? That's a good cut spot right there. <laughs> we are going to find ourselves in the domicile of Dahlia, who up until this point has been having a fitful dream. Dahlia. Ever since the first episode where you found yourself having these strange flashing visions, you have managed to sort of realign yourself and come back into your body and feel things out and everything's kind of chilled out. You have always had control every single time you have dipped into visions of the future, of the past. Anytime you've left your body, anytime you've had an experience where you have interacted with time, You've managed to have some measure of control over what was happening. It's been incredibly difficult and rare when you have ever lost any modicum of control. To have been taken on a ride the way you were last time, however, has been curiously physically exhausting. 
none of your vision quests or like journeys or flashes have ever delivered to you a sense of physical fatigue before. It's always just felt kind of like a fever dream that you wake up from and try to grasp memories of. Um, in this case, it feels like you've been running a marathon. And as you snap awake, you find yourself staring at the ceiling of your domicile and just in time to see the brilliant white flash of lightning shine through your windows for a brief moment for thunder rolls. You can hear the horrible slashing rain outside of a hurricane blowing. It takes a moment to realize that this is not a vision. As you kind of squeeze, instinctively squeezing the side of your bed to feel how eh, tactile it is, you begin to realize that you are awake, you are here, you're in the moment, and you're trying to remember what's happened. Yeah, Dahlia's kind of like, okay, everything's, everything's here, everything's here. And she kind of like starts kind of mumbling to herself, um, kind of grounding things, like things that she knows that she remembers, like um, Bruno is the prettiest, mom and dad are back home. Question, are you saying that out loud? Yes. You immediately elicit a reaction from a creature you did not know was protectively standing just a few feet away. The moment you say the name, there is a reaction from one Bruno. A pretty bird. He wraps his neck over your shoulder and digs his beak in just a little bit for you not being okay. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, okay. 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 I got it. Thank you. We gotta mess up the hair. I, yes, you are prettier. I know. No, yeah, I, I know. I, I, yeah, I gotta shake it out too. Question, does Bruno feel that weird time flavor right now? Uh, he has temporal hunter. Oh. So does is Bruno sensing sort of like that that same Obviously there's the overarching horror that is the storm. You want to know is there what is yeah. Is Bruno is Bruno sensing the time terror? Yes, slash is there time on Mama again? That was not that was distressing, and I'm already distressed. There's a storm. Um the storm is definitely out there. You but Bruno is not sensing the presence of a time terror. Or a time anomaly for that matter. Okay, good. And purely it is a more relaxed packing. bruno as it were yeah in the as you as much as you can be a more relaxed as in the presence of time anomalies are not nearby and yeah oh yeah yeah totally. um i so dolly is trying to recollect everything that she saw at some point i know she was drawing in her sketchbook about everything that she was seeing and I remember that Ozzy had something, but Ozzy didn't want to open up and talk about it. 
And I know that Joe was running outside. But I don't know anything else. Bruno? Where is everybody? <laughs> yeah. Great. You're just as lost as I am. <sighs> okay. I don't want to go outside. It's going to ruin our hair. It's going to ruin your the way you... Uh... Bruno, I think we're going to have to go outside. I, I know. Don't... I know. Don't give me that mm. look. It is the look. It, I know that look. I know. I know. But we have to brave. We have to be brave. Think of it as like a beautiful cleansing. We're going to go find our friends. We need to go find our friends. Come on, Bruno. Let's go. Like, you just <laughs> see like Dahlia like, <laughs> push Bruno. When you get to the door, it immediately goes, slides open, sensing your approach. And you and Bruno both see the torrent of a hurricane, probably um, probably like a class one hurricane. So the wind is gusting up to 70 miles an hour. You can see the slashing winds outside. The rain is practically coming down sideways. You're watching like balls of, of detritus just like roll past the front door. You can't even see across the street as it were. Bruno, do you want a hat? You mean the Bruno across the, on the other wall, pinned <laughs> there too from this door. You know, it's amazing the, the expressiveness. You know, we as humans have, we kind of tuck our heads back when we don't want to go. When you have an animal whose neck is about 25% of their body and just kind of like pulling itself back to get away from the onslaught of rain. So Bruno's turn to do no talk me, I'm Angie, head in the corner like, no, no. <laughs> 100%, yes. <laughs> Come on, Bruno, let's go. Um, make me an animal handling check on this dino, please. The difficulty oh, I'm is so Bruno. It, I'm sorry. It always baselines at three. So before you spend anything or use any skills, you need to roll a nine or better. Moi, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is to see if Bruno understands and was going to go along with what you're asking Bruno to do. <laughs> I got an eight. Uh so Bruno. I leave it to you to interpret how the, the big no takes place. <laughs> uh, over time, as the door remains open, a progressively larger percentage of Bruno's surface area adheres to the wall. <laughs> it's, so it's the top of the head because the, the beak is just pointed to sky. The whole of the neck, the back has now curved and and the sitting is not normally so that just as much as Bruno can be away from the door, at which point lightning, then thunder and the resonance of the thunder against the wall reminds Bruno that that wall is also lava. <laughs> I feel like this is like a Scooby-Doo and Shaggy moment because Dahlia definitely at the like thunder like runs and like jumps to like Bruno like <laughs> not center of the thunder. room they're just not having it. Okay, I'll probably try to like call somebody. What? Like... <laughs> hmm. 
she's going to call around. Um, communication device. See where people are at instead of actually running out into the rain. So, I'm sorry, who are you calling out to? Um, I'm going to use comms? a communication device. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think. Um, let's talk yeah. with the doctor. Oh, gosh. What's her name? The one that looks like her abuela. Melina. Oh, Melina. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. The, the, essentially the head elder of Silver Creek. Um, yeah. The moment you tap the device and activate it, um, you see this little holographic projection indicating that you have selected Dr. Melina to contact. And as the comms come through, you can hear a lot of the static coming through. And you immediately hear a lot of cross chatter of people checking in with everyone else, checking in to find out how, uh, what are the integrity of the walls? Is, am I seeing correctly that the gate has been opened? The perimeter alarm is tripped. Um, what's the, 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 all these kind of conversations that are going back and forth. Uh, we have a leak in domicile uh, 12. Um, uh, I have family six are staying with me. Like things like this are being communicated back and forth. Every now and then you hear Melina um, chiming in and asking questions. She, Melina, when she does chime in, she's asked about four times now what the status of Skystone is, who is the head of the militia here, but no one has answered her yet. So it's kind of like in those chaotic moments of crosstalk where everyone's trying to, to talk at once to get information and no one's answered Melina yet. Um, you hear her talking, reaching out and kind of calling out to her for a second. Um, you see popping up in your comm device, Melina is attempting to reach you sort of in a side channel away from the chaos of the main channel. Right, as soon as you tap it and answer it, and she says, Yes, Dahlia, are you all right? Um, that's a very hard question to answer. I am alive. I am conscious. I have a lot to discuss with you with what I saw have you, by any chance, seen Ozzy or Joe? All of the people that you know, from what I was told, they're staying with Dr. Yen. Uh, that's like all the way on the other side. Oh, okay, great. Um, Are you okay? Is everything... Have you sprung a leak? Is everything okay inside? Everything's fine. She like turns to Bruno. <laughs> <laughs> Bruno as far as Bruno's concerned, their life is flashing before their eyes. <laughs> so we're mostly okay. Bruno's a little scared. Oh. You can hear a bit of exhaustion in her voice and she says, okay. I'm glad to hear you're okay. If you have an emergency, contact the long pause and she says contact me we can't reach piper right now i'm not sure if she's okay oh dear do you have i assume that we sent people out to go look i'm sending them out now if i can get everyone to shut up for a minute do you need help yes I will be right over. If you can, before you come to me, please try to find Zach. Zach is the only other person that can help find Piper and get the militia communications back up and running. Okay, copy that. Thank you. You're welcome. Immediately hangs up and calls Dr. Yen. 
Uh, hello. Yes, this is Dr. Yen. Hi, it's Dahlia Lopez. Hi, Dahlia. <laughs> How are you doing over there? Oh, just just peachy keen over here, just looking at the future as per normal. Huh. Funny you should say that. What did you find out? Oh, I, I, I haven't really learned anything new, just sort of experienced new things. Yeah, same. Can I help you with something? Yeah, um sorry. I'm looking I'm looking for a couple of friends of mine. Um is that Mr. Park, Zach Park? Park? Yes. Zach? Zach's yes. right here. Zach is in front of me. Wonderful. He, he can uh, hear you. Let me just tap his calm device. And you all can hear Dahlia speaking out loud now to uh, Yen as he kind of raises his hand, taps the device, and says, uh, they, they can hear you. Go ahead. So Dahlia's voice has been strained for this entire time. And once she knows that, like, her friends can hear, like, she basically was like, Zach, where the fuck is Piper? Another one? What do you All mean right. another one? One of, one of the individuals here, I believe, the name was Joe, ran off in the storm. Are you kidding me no there's only so many times that i could look into the future to see if people are safe we have to keep them contained so that i don't have to do that we've gone over this okay easy answer she's not safe hi dahlia are you doing okay in the storm this is awesome by the way um i'm fine actually if you guys could come back to me, that would be great because we I, have some discussions to have. I need to know what direction Piper was last seen headed. Okay, well, Dr. Molina is putting together a search group and she has requested your presence specifically and she wanted me to come find you. And it's too rainy. My hair's going to get too messed up. Bruno is too pretty to go out in the rain, sopping I, rain. So I think at that point, here. you just hear footsteps. <laughs> it's like, I don't need um, to hear this part. <laughs> there, there are. Clover, uh, I'll go ahead and feed you this. As, as you see Zach pull himself together and start heading out the door, you're... Uh, it is it is known to you that of all the people in this room, of all the people that are in this group, you are the only other one with the survival know-how to find somebody who is lost in a hurricane out in the out in the wilderness. Um, and you watch as, as Zach kind of just stiffens up and starts marching towards the door, straight towards Ozzy to to head out into the storm. Hey, hey, wait. And I kind of stand up weakly to Zach. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, hold on, hold on. Um, I want to like gesture to Zach to come to me and Sweets to come to me. I'm sure Sweets is already right there. Um, yeah, yeah and Sweets is definitely close to you, yeah. I'm trying to remember, above game, Noir, did Zach try the goggles and didn't like them? Yeah, he did not like them. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Um, <laughs> I'm so I'm gonna like stroke sweets on the shoulder, shoulder wing, shoulder wing, okay. and mm -hmm. yep. kind of say, "He needs your help now." Okay, I'm okay. 
just go where, where are my ponies? See, I don't know how tall Sweets is. What am I doing? <laughs> like, <a few>, yeah. <laughs> uh, go, go, go with him. Ah! It's just more of more a Sweets body weight on you, like a no, no. no I'm okay now. I'm okay now. Okay, go with him. Uh, can I roll for this? Uh, yeah. If you Every were dino to... rebelling. <laughs> yeah. If you if you were trying to get Sweets to behave in a certain way. Um, then yeah, make your roll and yeah. find out. Um, yeah, go ahead and, and make a roll and then find out. Uh, the, the default difficulty is at three, so you need a nine or better. Okay, do I risk I it or spend you. a story point? <laughs> um, um, I'll spend a story point. I think All this right. is gonna be hard because community to the rescue, ox yeah. crew. Um, this is gonna be coming from one breeks. Breeks. Thank you. Breeks. Master oh. of the Breeks bomb. Drop <laughs> to your story points. So you're going to get a free asset. So that's going to drop it down to two. So now you need a six or better. Well, I rolled a 16 and it was by mistake. It slipped out of my hand. <laughs> Nicely done. Uh, the fates intervene. Um, yeah. yeah. Sweets basically, uh, I, I leave it, of course, to the player to interpret it. But essentially, the command is successful. The interpretation or understanding of what is to happen is successful. I I think yeah uh sweets is gonna lay off you and then look to Zach. Zach is gonna look to sweets and sweets is just gonna follow way too closely. Like I'm if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna be as obnoxious as possible. Right, right, yeah. Um and I'll I'll tap the goggles and say, okay, sweets, I'll be on comms, okay? We need your your bird's eye view. I don't know if Sweets understands. <laughs> but I feel like when I tap this, Sweets probably knows like we're going to be doing aerial. That's you just get that point. big bird. Yeah. Oh, there you I go. Should, there you I, go, should go give you, I should give you a quick, uh, just as a quick reminder, because I should have done this uh, the moment you decided to include your pterosaurs. Any flying that happens right now is going to oh, be, that's right. is going to be almost lethal. Oh if god. A if okay. a pterosaur is trying to fly right now, they are absolutely going to be fighting 70 mile an hour gusts. Okay. Of wind. Well, I think so. I think Zach would have keyed you in on that. Yeah. Well. Yeah, 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 that's it, true. And, and I would have known that. I, uh, Clover would have known that. So But it also makes that... sense that Clover's disoriented and would have forgotten it too. That's true. Yeah. You were literally just in the past time, so. That's true. Yeah. Would it uh, still be helpful to have Clover uh have sweets on the ground doing surveillance and helping um, out? In truth, I as I will go ahead and tell you that my interpretation as the storyteller would be that any animal that has a large flap of skin capable of flight is going to be hindered walking around outside in 70 mile an hour winds. It's going to be like trying to keep two umbrellas folded underneath your arms as you're walking <laughs> out there. And it's going to it's going to add to the difficulty of things that are happening. Um Sweets is probably sweets and honestly sweets and Kimmy both are probably out of commission. Out of commission for this. Okay. The storm is just going to be really dangerous for animals that aren't, you know, an animal that weighs a couple of tons probably isn't going to have to worry as much. But animals that are a little more lightweight and they can and they can fly, it's going to be dangerous. Did you have something, Sam? Oh, just if Zach's cluing into the uh yeah. Sweets can't come along to help. Uh, Vern doesn't fly. That's true. Early mammals have skill in tracking. Is the question. And, and and in truth, of all the animals, 
Mm-hmm. They would be at the least amount of threat of these high winds being so low to the ground. Vern is probably the one most equipped. Can't cover as much ground as one of these bigger ones, but man, also you don't have to worry about being... flooding. Yeah. Vern is specialized in ground perception, right now. Uh, but, trained yeah. in uh, finding and tracking. That's true. That's true. Vern is Vern's a clever little mammal. Um, so to the, to the question of mm-hmm. whether Vern uh, is with me... Uh, I think I know I handed off a bag. So partially this is an an Eliza call. I was under but, I believe I was under your armpit. But yeah, I, I, I have a, I have an armpit <laughs> baby. Also, armpit I think given baby. that my first concern was Vern last time I got the bag back, I don't think mm-hmm. I hand off without the baby. Fair enough. Yeah, no, I, too. I was sure, worried about that yeah. for a second. And like <laughs> after last week, I was like, "Oh my god, do I have the baby?" <laughs> no, you don't have no. <laughs> Thank God, <laughs> not the baby. Uh, so the baby. yeah, Zach is just going to say, uh, uh, "Well, I appreciate the gesture. The winds are simply too much for both Sweets and Kimmy. Besides, Sweets is more comfortable protecting you." And I would rather have a comfortable sweets than an agitated sweets. Right. I for, I forgot about the winds. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. In all fairness, it looks like you lost a lot of blood. So. Yeah. I'm gonna go sit down. <laughs> she like woozily staggers back over to the couch. Okay. On pterosaur notes, Kimmy is having a temper tantrum about the fact that the, the other pterosaur got to go out and be with the people and she's not here. She can't check on her people. Oh no! Oh, no. She's just like yelling every once in a while. Like she's mad about it. She knows she can't go outside. She's like she's just pressing her into the corner, but like harder though, <laughs> harder. And it's but it's the one by the door now where she's just like <laughs> pointed down, going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and snapping oh, no. every once in a while just like mad she's not like you know breaking I would, like, sure. she's I would like to add that Atticus is probably next to Kimmy like in the next like area <laughs> over and poor oh, Atticus is just sitting there Atticus like getting hit with all the water and just sitting there being like Oh yeah, I should. Yeah, we should actually tell should. you, Cynthia because yeah. you weren't here last game but Atticus had to be set loose and is oh. out there somewhere yeah. All right, Atticus they, is not because, hanging. He's, yeah, he's just standing no. under a tree. The, one of the like, uh, <laughs> much, much like letting horses out of the barn when a tornado is coming, um, Atticus, Atticus had to be set loose because there simply is no way that they can accommodate no a thirteen-ton trike that might panic inside this this the limits of the walls of Silver Creek. So they literally, like a lot of the other large dinosaurs, they literally had to just let them go. So Atticus was simply sent out into the storm. It was I don't think Atticus got very far then. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to see what happens to Atticus. He's, because... he's old and very smart. He's he's annoyed about it, but I'm sure he made it to a safe spot and we'll find out soon. Not his first storm. Yeah. Under yeah, it's a not, tree it's definitely not. with the drippy drop. Old. Yeah, just pissed. Um, Wet. <laughs> all right. So the, the lot of you all managed to start assembling. And it sounds like everyone is going. Uh, With the exception of Dahlia, it sounds like everyone is about to to, to go looking for uh, uh, Am, looking for Joe. Is that correct? Is Clover going to be a liability though? If Clover is so dazed and no, no, because you're not you are hale now, so you're fine. You're not penalized anymore. Okay, but, can I um, do? Do I have time to do another rest? Because I am very low on might. <laughs> if you spend a story point, I'll let you have another free rest right here. Okay, I would like to do that. 
Okay, in which case, this comes from, uh, looks like the name is, looks like a, a, a Rogin27? Ro, Rogan. Rogan. The Rogan? famous painter Rogan. The famous Rogan of 27. Um, Thank you, Rogan. So that's going to be, uh, so roll a d6, and you get to add an additional yes. plus one to that. Did you do good on that one? I rolled a six that time. Nice, so seven points you can put into your might. Woohoo! So Rogan so, heals. Seven points. Ooh, I'm back up to full might. Oh, right. nice. Yeah. yeah, you just kind of put, put yourself together and just... Um, wait, can I spread those points around? Mm -hmm. You can distribute those any way you want. I'll put some back into speed. Okay. Just to be safe. Okay, so... Cool, cool. So you, you're a little winded still. You you feel like you've been through it, but you're okay. Pull yourself back together. You're feeling better already. Plus, <laughs> there's the the truth of the matter is is even though you don't know Joe and Ozzy that well, the truth is is the two, the three of you spent the past two and a half weeks fending for each other's lives in the in the Red Jaw Wilds. There is a bond that's kind of developed between the three of you and. As you're sitting there looking at Dahlia, looking at Zach, and seeing everybody pulled together, Clover, you just feel this sort of like, I have to get out there and, and find Joe. You pull yourself together. You get all those points back as you kind of summon forth your determination. It's going to take a hell of a lot more than a hurricane to stop you. All right. So, you all insist on going as well? Look, I know this is the part where you think I'm a liability and you are entirely correct, but Vern isn't. I'm Vern's person, but like Joe is Vern's second personist person. And no one would be able to track her better. So you don't need me because you need me, but you do need me because you need Vern to find Joe. <laughs> Vern peeks out of the shirt collar and realizes, yeah, I can't smell Joe. Where's Joe? On that note, I think Dahlia uh, rings Zach's commu like, communication device. Okay. Where are you? We are on our way, but before we go, I just need to make sure that the people traveling with me are aware of basic safety. I'm going with you. <laughs> No, mm -mm, don't. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't aware that it picked up size. I, are you making your way to me, or would you like me to make my way to you? Oh, you hear the crinkling of like plastic, like <laughs> like running. You you probably see in a distance, uh, like like clear raincoat and like a clear, almost like a like plastic bag bubble over her hair. <laughs> I'm coming. Hold, hold tight. While she's running, I would mm -hmm. like to try to um, trigger a premonition of hers. I would like to use some of my intelligent points. Okay. My yeah. Points. So what's that ability do? That ability, uh, premonition, you learn one random fact about a creature or location that is pertinent to a topic you designate. Alternatively, you can choose to learn a creature's level. However, if you do so, we cannot learn anything else about the blah, 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 blah. Whatever. So what I would like to do is try to have a premonition to see if I could see where Joe is at. Um, possibly. I would say 
make a roll because you might get a premonition of you might we might be able to see a vision of joe it'll be up to you to up to this role to discern if you have an idea of where the hell that is because right now joe is surrounded by an environment that's not giving a lot of information so um i'm going to set the difficulty for this at a standard four so you need a 12 or better and it would be out of your intellect pool if you want to spend for it Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So roll a d20, yeah. and do you have to spend any points to use premonition? I think it's like intellect yeah. points, right? Yeah, yeah. two intellect points. But you have an edge, don't you? An edge rating of one? I do. So it's only one intellect point. Yay! So just a d20, correct? Yeah, just a d20. You want to roll 12 or better. Yeah, I got a 13. This this die nice. is like, uh, like the one. Yeah, it likes to keep yeah. you on the edge. <laughs> All right. Um. Nalia, you, it's become kind of second nature to you, whereas most people can just look out onto the horizon. You have this ability to sort of tap into that. It's almost like a feeling more than it is focus. Like you're capable of listening to things that aren't being said, seeing things that most people aren't noticing. As you trudge out into the rain, two things strike you. First of all, it feels immediately when you step out into the rain that the rain has already started to calm dramatically. Um, looks like it's not at, the the gusts of wind are nowhere near as powerful as they are. That moment of calm gives you a second to just kind of focus on seeing Joe's face and where they are. You see determination. It's the best way you can express this this determined look on Joe's face as they are charging into just a curtain of gray. You see water slashing across her face, but she doesn't seem to care or notice. Um, every now and then she just reaches up and pull, like squeezes water out of her eyes and keeps running. She's clutching something in front of her. Um, she stops for a moment and raises her hands up and starts looking around and then trudges forward. Um, she's gotten some distance because it looks like she's near tall grass. Um, and Can as I hear the numbers that she's counting? Uh, yes, she is in, she is over a thousand at this point. <laughs> as she is like trudging forward. Um, the grass goes up to about her knees and she is like dashing through it. Um, but what you notice is um, what she doesn't seem to realize is that the mud is getting thicker around where she is trudging forward as she is pushing on and on and on and on. Everything in your body tells you that she has just run north, which is the gates, the, the gates of Silver Creek. They face north. So she probably just ran out of the gate and kept going until... You, you do get the sense, though, that she's being very calculated by the fact that she is counting her steps, which tells you that she's probably intending on stopping at some point, probably soon. Okay. Um, so Dahlia is like, <laughs> okay, <laughs> tall grass, <laughs> 1034, <laughs> mud, lots of mud, <sighs> north. <sighs> Hi. Hi. Did you guys hear all that? Did you? Um. Tall grass mud, 1034. North. Set hike. Huh. Um. I saw her. She's, 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 she's going straight ahead. Um. 1034. What is that supposed to mean? Who speaks engineer? 
<laughs> your ears thousand, perk up a little like, bit. Clover. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, mm hmm. Uh, a thousand thirty-four. Can I roll to see if Clover would put two and two together? I feel like she could, but I don't want to just um, you know. You don't have to roll. Um, as a okay. as a fellow as a tech, you you've gotten to know Joe a little bit. Um, Joe's train of thought. Joe is fueled by the same infectious joy of when it comes to technology as you. It's a little bit of a different arena, whereas you love just getting your hands on gadgets. Joe is very scientific minded and is very very into like the interactivity of cybernetics with bio biology and whatnot. You are kind of jack of all trades, just love tech everywhere. So the two of you kind of share a language and you're sitting there listening to uh, Dahlia just spit out numbers that she heard coming out of Joe's mouth. Um, takes you a moment before you realize in a full run and her determination and the numbers that she is counting off, you think what you're hearing Dahlia say is that Joe has run a little over 1,400 steps north of Silver Creek, which would put her over half a mile away north of Silver Creek. Yeah. You have to imagine, too, that the wind blowing has probably actually helped propel her forward a little bit faster than the typical. She's yeah, got which, some wind working on her. Which way is the storm going? Um, well, the storm is churning. So the clouds, while they're moving from east to west, the winds are blowing south Got to it. north yeah. through you guys yeah. as y'all are like, uh, however, um, you will have noticed about this point, as everybody else has, that it rather dramatically, the rain has stopped slashing sideways and mm. is now just kind of dripping and drizzling down outside. Ah, The wind has stopped gusting as much. Maybe we're, the eye is over us or getting closer. Uh, I'm going to relay all that back in Clover. Okay. Which is basically... Exposit, exposit, exposit. Yeah, I'm not going to say all that, but I, I think Clover sure. would say it kind of like, oh, she was counting? Maybe she was counting her steps and her strides, really, because she's probably running. And then the, I'll say all that and just kind of like mm -hmm. geek out on like that thought thread. And so, yeah, so I think she's probably about a half a mile north of the gates. That would explain all the mud. Yeah. Yeah, because isn't there, uh, isn't there like some body of water that she's probably getting close to? If anybody wants to make a quick roll, I'm going to set the difficulty of this. It's an intellect roll. This is sort of like a recall. Um, if you want to make a quick roll, I'm going to set the difficulty of it at two. Yeah. Uh, recall, you said? 15. Yeah. It's like recalling information. Okay. Yeah. I got a 15. Uh, that'll be a mat 20. Hey. Okay. <laughs> seven all right so you need a six or better how did you do how did the rest of how did you do sam uh did i wanted to ask if i could get an asset on this and or if if uh if a geography skill might have come into yes. play because i suspect mm -hmm. this recall is related to something that i got an info dump about earlier did. today that's correct Ooh. that's correct so uh, go, yes i'll give you an asset on that so you would need a you that means the difficulty of one you need a three or better and does geography apply? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I passed, but uh, yeah. yeah. So then it would go through either way for skill and asset. The, the closest thing is the most southern parts of the flats, known as Jaeger Swamp. Okay. It's directly north of, it's directly oh, north of, uh, of Silver Creek. And if she is running towards Jaeger Swamp, then it's probably flooded. And there's probably, that's probably why there's so much mud. And Michael Ian said that the uh, river 
would rise and mm-hmm. start to, to ah. run over. Yep. So mm-hmm. the radius of mud is probably bigger than mm-hmm. it usually is, which would account for being roughly half a mile away by step count, uh, but already into mud by terrain count. Mm-hmm. This is the outside words. And <laughs> don't we have a big beastie friend in the swamps mm-hmm. too? Mm-hmm. 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 Yes, you do. Perhaps. I would like to see my friend, please. Um, so at this point, for the interest of fairness, and I would like to remind all of you that last game, I told you I was banking that GM intrusion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is how we die. <laughs> uh, quick question. Does Zach have a good idea of where to start searching uh, with that, with, with the role like you said? I mean, Jaeger Swamp is directly north. And yeah. Zach, nobody knows the tra- the only person that knows the train better than you out here, aside from Michael Yin, is Piper. Okay. Your your job to protect Silver Creek. You know, gliders, sands, grass trees, the flats, Yeager Swamp, Red Jaw Wilds. You know all of it. Um, you know exactly where that is, how far it is, and the dangers that lurk therein. Yes, Grimscale likes to make his home. Old Rotjaw, north of uh, Silver Creek, loves to make his home out there, but. Um, it's possible she's running straight towards it, but either way, either way, even if she doesn't encounter uh, Grimscale, Yeager Swamp is dangerous when it's flooding. Yeah. But Joe is Joe is one of those most intelligent people that has wandered into Silver Creek in a while. Surely she'll probably put two and two together, being an engineer. Yes, but but if she can't plan for it. Then, then she is running into a hurricane. She's hard focus. Like she, this, she did not plan for this. No, she didn't. And she doesn't thrive in those situations. So we need to get her now. Is what I'm saying. All right, we're going to go retrieve Joe. But there are some things that you need to understand. One, you are mistaken. I don't think that you are useless. Nobody in Silver Creek can afford to be useless. If you go out there, you go out there with the understanding that you keep your eyes on me. If I stop moving, you stop moving and you listen. My success is all of you getting home safely. So deep breaths. Do you all have weapons? Huh? <laughs> um, I have, I have something I can lend you. I, I'm staying here. <laughs> But if if you if you want, I I have a stun rifle that I use to protect the herds. If anybody wants to borrow it, city one feel inclined to use firearms. I look at Ozzy. Uh, <laughs> <Five>. uh, Clover, <laughs> oh Clover oh. is eyeing it because it's a gadget mm-hmm. and it looks cool. It is a gadget oh. and it looks. Very cool. It looks sleek. It has uh, a white casing all the way down and very like faded, like purposely faded like uh, logos and whatnot. You see the logo of Sati on the side of it. Um, it has a caution 
symbol around the barrel that points in the direction that it needs. It, uh, you see there's instructions that have been kind of faded and printed on the side of wait three seconds for charge. But the most exciting thing for you, Clover, is you can see the pulsating plasmatic energy created mm -hmm. on the inside of the clip that looks That's... like at any particular moment. He's just holding it out and going, hey, if anybody wants to, to use it, um, I, I should say that it, it, it works quite well. Also, um, not sure how the technology works, but it's not conductive in water. You can actually shoot this electrical energy discharge and it will make contact with its target without actually causing ambient electricity. I've never understood how it worked. It's a SATI device. Uh, also worth noting too is the fact that um, uh, it has an infinite charge, so it doesn't run out of ammunition. Uh, it does not work, however, on animals that are larger than a certain tonnage. I have not been able to affect animals more than three tons. They sort of shrug it off, much like a much larger animal requires a little bit more... Um, you know, a drug to knock them out. Um, this doesn't necessarily knock out things that are too big. What's up? Dahlia like raises her hand at like at Dr. Uh, Yen, like Yen looks over and says, Yes, yes. Have anything lighter? I don't. Uh Piper would be the one to talk to when it comes to the armory. She's the one that controls all the weapons here in Silver Creek. But that's who we're trying to find. Piper? Oh, I think she's at the She's supposed to be at the gate. Is she is she not at the gate? Just kidding. We're going to go find Joe first. Oh. If you if you need, like, equipment or weapons, I would say look for Piper. Um, Skystone has all of the weapons in Silver Creek if you need to get equipped or anything. Okay. Clover? I like Zach. I'm going over there. I'm getting weapons. Wherever we go, we go together. Uh, has Clover grabbed the rifle yet? Yes, and she turns to Zach because she's going to need some help. Like, I'm hoping there's a strap and you can just strap it onto my good shoulder. And then can someone please also sling my bad shoulder so I'm not yanking it around in the rain? So I'm basically going to have, like, rifle on this arm and then just a sling. Clover <laughs> takes her hand and goes, check this out. This is I love this. this. is my favorite thing about this gun. It presses the button on the side and you see this band of this ribbon of energy just go stop it. It's like force field just immediately turn into a strap that comfortably fits and adjusts to you immediately. It fits over your arm. Why do the butterflies hate technology? This is the coolest thing ever. Oh my god, I don't know. It's so amazing to hear you say that. I don't know. <laughs> Let's okay. get the rest of you armed up. <laughs> and we're gonna head over. Uh, we're gonna head over basically to the armory. When you head over to the front gates where you see Piper, she's giving a couple of directions to a few of the militia members. You see Tara taking orders and she nods to you, doesn't stick around to talk, and immediately dashes over getting the orders from uh, Piper. You notice that Piper looks shaken and she's tapping her necklace as uh, one of the people like runs away and she just goes, Zach, hey, you okay? Everything good? Everybody armed she looks over at uh, dolly and says what's going on are you guys going out we lost one of our own joe you're looking for joe she ran out the front gate she nods yeah i saw her go you're Does going out know her? You why she ran i'm not sure she said something to me but i couldn't understand her Much she effect. helped me something happened and she helped me and and then she ran out the front gate. She said something about needing to get as far away from Silver Creek as she could. Understood. I'm, we're going to go get our equipment. Then we're going to take care of everything. You... What do you all need? Tell me what you need. Light weapon. 
right. She turns and looks at you and she says, Dahlia, I can't stress this enough. Sati equipment does not just spontaneously return to us. Don't lose it, okay? Silver Creek only has so many of these things. I didn't lose. Okay, I lost the last one. I'm sorry. Okay, yeah. No, it's fine. Just don't lose this one. She okay. pulls out a small, what looks like a discharge pistol of some kind. It looks like it's made out of pure chrome. Has a sleek design. She hands it over to you and you see it immediately light up with red energy. And she goes, that thing does not stun. So don't use it unless you absolutely have to. Okay. She hands it to you. Um, so let me give you some of the stats for the weapons that you've got. Yeah. So Dahlia, the, the pistol you have is an energy pistol. It only does two damage. But it immediately gives you an asset when you use it, whether you're trained or not, because it auto targets. So good news is I am practiced in light weapons. So then this will immediately drop the difficulty by two. No, by three, because it's a light weapon. Light weapons automatically give you an asset for being a light weapon. Because they're easier to use. So it drops for being a light weapon, drops because you're trained, and then drops further because it has auto tracking on it. So using this laser pistol thingy that she gave you, it drops the difficulty to shoot things at by three, but it only does two points of damage. So keep that in mind too. Which is, uh, by the way, not a small amount of damage in Cypher system. Two points of damage is nothing to just shrug off. It's two points of damage. Um, okay. The rifle that you were given, Clover, um, this is a medium weapon, does four points of damage, and all of its, all of its, uh, this is unique in that, um, if it strikes a creature, it automatically causes them to become impaired for one round. So it doesn't require them to, um, it doesn't require them to, uh, drop in their might points. In this case, against, it, it is worth noting that it, that NPCs and animals and monsters and all that stuff in Cypher System do not play by the same rules as player characters. They don't have pools. They don't actually suffer impairments. So this would actually increase the difficulty for it to actually strike at you. It ease the difficulty for you to hit it, that kind of thing. So it's a good thing. Um, and it does four points of stun damage. Uh, that's correct, Ozzy. Yeah, you're right to bring that up. Practice is, I think, different than training. I think what practice means is you don't take penalty for using it. Because I if you're not practice is just is the name of the skill, isn't it? I think so. Oh man. So it's like you have to have that to be so like I have I have an inability in like heavy medium weapons, but I know you could be practiced with light weapons and that um, means you have that is the one drop. That's correct. So I no no I think I think uh there's there's it makes a distinction between training. So if you're trained in a weapon, it automatically grants you an asset, and then there's specialization. Mm -hmm. And then I think step down from training is uh I could be wrong, but I think it's practice. Well, we can figure this out as we go on break. Yeah, that's we... in like that's in like right now, but um y'all are basically going to equip up. So we'll read over the rule just to make sure that we got it down. And you watchers, viewers at home, if you have a cipher system core book nearby, you can flip through it and check it out too. Um essentially though, you guys equip yourselves, get all settled in. The rain has slowed down dramatically. As it does, you hear Michael Yin click on the radio and say, Everyone, I just wanted to uh, contact you real quick and confirm before you head out of Silver Creek. Uh, I, I just wanted to confirm that Clover was right. Uh, it looks like we're in the eye. 
You've probably got about an hour before the storm starts to pick up again. I don't think it's going to be as heavy as it was last time, though. I think it's starting to dissipate, but it's still going to be pretty rough. So if you can get out there and back in an hour, that would be great. Otherwise, you're going to get caught in the wind again. Okay. All right. Um, Dahlia lets out a really high-pitched whistle, like kind of something that people can't hear. Mm -hmm. to see if Bruno hears it so that Bruno can try to join her. Okay. Easy enough. Uh, so you, yeah. Did you grab a weapon? No. Long pause. Can I convince you to? No. All right. Stay close. With that, all of you jog out north of Silver Creek in search of Joe who is, from last you recall, is wandering towards one of the most notorious places north of Silver Creek, Jaeger Swamp, a place that apparently was named after the first fool who went wandering up north and discovered that there was a very large scaled creature that claimed this area as its own. We will be back in 10 minutes, y'all. Don't go anywhere. Now, a quick message during the break. To help us continue producing shows like this, consider supporting Althaven on Ko-Fi. Your contributions keep the Haven alive. And if you're not already part of our vibrant community, join us on Discord. It's the best way to stay updated on upcoming shows and events. Welcome back to Chapter 5 of Legacy of Silver Creek. We are going to jump right back in where we left off, which is a very calming place of uh, running out into the aftermath of a hurricane, into the great wilds of the Cretaceous period here in Earth's prehistoric past. Um, uh, by the way, we are tracking that uh, that uh, there has been some... Uh, thank you for being patient, because we know that there's been some blinking and, and blink-outs uh, with the technology. Um, just um, just uh, pretend like that's just part of the storm that's blowing outside that's causing disruption. And Yeah, yeah, it's a time, it's a time terror. Um, so we're going to go ahead and start where we left off with all of you getting equipped. Um, just as a quick reminder, so that everyone who uh, is tuning in now and you're wondering where we ended up with that, uh, a quick snapshot of how Cypher System works with its skill sets. If you are practiced in any skill, it means that you can roll for that skill without any penalties whatsoever. You're practiced. If you are not practiced, you're considered to have an inability. So if I was to sit down and play a piano and I was practiced, I could do scales. If I sat down to play a piano and I wasn't practiced, I could guess at scales and I would fumble through that. It, the step above practiced is trained. And that's where you get a reduced difficulty by one. Beyond trained is specialized, which will reduce the difficulty by two. So. That all coming into play now, as we all have an understanding of what it is. It also, by the way, Noir, this is one of the reasons why it's actually quite rad that um, Karn are, I believe, practiced in all weapons. You can pretty much pick up anything that is capable of being used as a weapon, and you are not at penalty for using it, which is pretty rad. Um, all the different types get those unique abilities. So, that being said, you all have run out the gates of Silver Creek in search for Joe. Here's what you know. Based off of what Piper told all of you, Joe was fleeing Silver Creek and was trying to get as far away as possible. What you know about probably the most useful tracking that you have to help find Joe here, aside from the fact that 
you have somebody who is very familiar with Joe and knows how they think, Ozzy, Vern is going to be incredibly useful to you in tracking the direction and whatnot in which Joe went. Now, the good news is, is because the ground is the way it is, I'm going to go ahead and make the call here that I'm going, I'm going to ease the difficulty in finding Joe tracks. Right now, the grasses that are near Silver Creek are pretty dense and pretty tall, but not so much that you can't see some of the ground to get an idea. Not only that, but you're going to get a further asset because Dahlia was able to pinpoint the direction and pace in which Joe was moving. So you're going to get, I'm going to have you guys, anybody who wants to make the roll can make a tracking roll or a survival roll to find, uh, to, to kind of hone in on Joe. We're going to make that roll now and then we're going to cut to Joe. What's up? What you got, Dahlia? Two questions. Did uh -huh. Bruno hear my call? Uh, I assume yes. Do I get, do we get another point because Bruno's pretty? <laughs> I mean, you get admiration for the GM. If that means anything. Right. <laughs> for what it's worth, the only thing worse than being in this storm, which is for the record, the worst thing ever to have happened is being left alone in a storm. So yes, Bruno is here. I put a little bit of plastic over Bruno. Okay. You put a little plastic over Bruno. Okay, that's a band name, right? Plastic over Bruno. <laughs> a little raincoat. Mm-hmm. raincoat. Okay. I mean, the poncho worked just fine. Just real tall poncho. Yes. I think I missed a syllable there. I'm, I'm going to uh, tip the survival roll here. Are we all rolling? You don't have to, but you can. Um, by the way, the GM intrusion range has dropped back down to one at the moment because of the Ooh. storm. So you are no longer in the midst of a raging hurricane. And if you guys want to all roll survival, you certainly can. It will increase your chances of survive, of like getting the tracks. Um, the difficulty right now, um, factoring in the fact that I'm giving you three assets here to drop the difficulty, I'm going to set the difficulty at two. Because of all of the the skill, the knowledge, and um, the, all the stuff you all have coming to bear here, you just need a six or better to start tracking and finding direction and speed in which uh, Joe is traveling. I got a 16. So at least one of you is going to find it. Does anybody 13. else want? 13? Okay. Uh, 17 for Ozzy and uh, uh, 10 to direct Vern. So Vern would have to roll a uh, tracking at a trained. Okay. Skill. Okay. Clover just rolled a ten. Okay. And then Vern is looking for Vern's sheet. Where? Oh, there it is. Okay. Um, Vern gets a nine. Okay. Oh wait, but I have stuff in stuff. Yeah. Vern so it dropped stuff. by one. So it was difficulty one. You scored. Right. Yeah. Great. Um. It's easy enough because Vern is literally like squeech, like screeching and like pointing Vern's nose. Like Vern, you are having an immediate reaction of you know, you know that Ozzy wants to find Joe. Yeah, 
Absolutely. That much is obvious to you. And there is this excitement brewing up inside of you because you can smell Joe. You can mm -hmm. spot Joe's footprints. You know exactly which direction Joe went. And you are excitedly like pointing in a, you're basically acting like a pocket yeah. pointer, just kind of like, like angling yourself in the direction. Yeah. Nosing. Yeah. Nose mm -hmm. pointing towards Joe direction. Ozzy, anytime you start wandering a little off the pale, uh, uh, just a little bit out of the trail, uh, Vern sets you right. Okay, kid, a message received. Okay, this way. Got it. Got it. This way. Okay. Being Whoa. very pushy. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Okay. Okay, sweetie. Okay. <laughs> I, I, you know, I don't want to step on your excite. I, I appreciate it. I know. I know. We got it. We got it. We got it. All right. So the lot of you begin to trudge forward north. Cut two. Where we left off. Last time we saw Joe, she was running off into a dangerous storm. And where we pick up now is the rain has where you are joe the rain is not stopped it is still quite constant but it is no longer a slashing rain and the wind is just causing the grass to sway looking up into the sky you can see a little bit of the lighting uh it looks like the clouds are not as dark and ominous as they used to be you can actually see some pretty incredible cumulus clouds overhead and the sunlight catching a little bit of the tops of them as they stretch miles into the upper atmosphere of the planet it's beautiful and terrifying to see the size of the storms here in the Cretaceous period. This is what you've known most of your life, though. However, this is your first time outside of Kaleno City experiencing one of these close to a coastline. Y'all are near what's called the Draco Split. The Draco Split is a huge body of water that divides this portion of Laramidia with the other portions. One day, this is going to become the west coast of North America. Today, though, it's an inland sea into this stretch of land in this primordial world. And your proximity to it is giving you a good dose of how wild things are here, out, are out here so far from Kaleno City. You've started to notice, too, that your feet are making squelching sounds as you're starting to tread into mud. When you hit about 1,600 steps, you find yourself slowing down and coming to a stop and just catching your breath. Um, the device is glowing, but it seems to be inactive. It doesn't seem to be having any effects. It doesn't seem to be doing anything. You're a real pain in my butt, you know that? She says, like, into the backpack. <sighs> yeah. There's just a gray curtain of rain in front of you. And behind you. Is there any way... I that Joe could, like, I don't know, like, looking back at Silver Creek, she's trying to see if there's any way that she can gauge if the time terror has lessened, because she has no clue. I'm guessing she hasn't had any more weird time visions on this run. So, the incredibly disorienting thing about time terrors is if you are standing a foot away from one, and you're on the outside, you wouldn't know it no was idea. there. Okay. The only indication that it would be happening is if you were able to look into it and mm -hmm. see what was happening inside of it. But they make no noise from the outside. Um, okay. uh, if, yeah, if this hurricane had been happening inside of a time terror, you would never hear it. So as you look back, it takes you a moment, Joe, to realize like, oh God, I'm not going to be able to tell. There's no way. Yeah. There's no way I can tell if this had an effect or not. 
has she, but she has not experienced any more time visions on this run, correct? You have not, no. Not okay. at the moment, anyway. So I'm in the mud. Yeah, you're sitting rain. here. The grass is about knee height. You're just catching your breath. The rain is coming down at a mild angle, and the, the grass is, like, swaying and whatnot. The mud's pretty thick out here. Um, is there any, like stone outcropping or just like a big rock or a boulder i'm assuming i'm not in the trees uh make me a perception check okay so that's an intellect based skill mm -hmm. all right i don't think i have i mean mm, no that's like in scientific investigation that's not gonna help me here um, um difficulty i'm gonna set the difficulty here at considering the environment that you're in right now also the difficulty at four so standard, <laughs> diff standard difficulty you needed 12 or better okay i'm gonna because i went my uh, xp spend i upped my edge and intellect so i'm gonna spend one intellect and drop it down one um okay. so 12 drops okay so that drops down better. you need a nine or better or now if you drop it down by one yeah yeah, now I'm better. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Three. She doesn't see anything. You see what looks like a large uh, stone that is just kind of sitting out in the middle of just this plot of mud. Mm. So I'm just, it, it's like field, right? Like I'm not near any. Largely, yeah. That You can tell. Okay. The only okay, thing, cool. aside from that stone, all you can see is just, like, rows and rows of grass and thick mud. Okay. So I think... Man, she really, like, that was the end of her plan. And, yeah. like, this is where she starts to stutter, is, like... She she had she's able to do like one impulsive thing if she can rationalize it with the plan ongoing and like this was the extent of it and now she's I think at this point has the can you know she's observing things that she can the rain is not quite as intense as it was before she has not had any more visions the device seems to be semi inert And like that's as far as she is. I think she just turns and stands and looks back at Silver Creek, and you just gray rain. You don't see anything beyond yeah. about forty-five or fifty feet. You cannot see beyond the curtain of rain that falls. Okay. Just uh, like on on the just total off chance, she's gonna yell at the top of her lungs for Atticus. And just see. Shout out, Atticus! She can get over the range. Yeah, just give like one or two shouts just on the off chance. Okay. That he's out this way. That stone that was a few feet away. <laughs> you, just suddenly, you just see it suddenly go and like pick up <laughs> and start to pivot a little bit. Um, it settles back down, but it reacts to the sudden shocking sound of you screaming. Um, she apologizes and then she goes, oh, actually, and then she realizes she doesn't know if that's a dangerous thing and then starts to like taking steps backwards. This is known as Beelzebuffo, also known as the Devil Toad. This is a three foot <gasps> diameter toad from the Cretaceous period that you see sitting there. They are notorious for being incredibly pissy. Very <laughs> large, 
very fucking irritable toads. They don't like anything or anyone. And as you make this noise, this three and a half foot wide frog, <laughs> this toad, rather, just gets up and just shuffles over and settles back into the mud. And you see these great big eyes on this thorny back spiny body just kind of blink in and out. The thing is huge and terrifying looking, but you know they will not bother you if you don't go bothering them. From about 10 feet away, it eyes you with irritation. It just seems by its very nature, this three foot toad is just annoyed that you're here and watches you she gives like a double thumbs up and like the movement causes the toads the, 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 toad, the moment you move joe the toad's mouth open and just goes and starts belching out this horribly high-pitched extremely like, understandable <laughs> totally my fault and then we'll just like just backwards walking in <laughs> the backwards rock combination of both your scream and the bellow of the toad causes the horizon to move <laughs> i love this for me <laughs> you see a shape the the distant mountain that you saw on the other side of the curtain of rain begin to shift suddenly and it comes to a stop you hear a squelching of mud as it shifts a little bit and stops Joe has not been informed of any specific creatures out in this area, but she does know a big creature when she sees one. You, you thought that the shapes that you were seeing was the horizon miles away. You realign yourself as it moves, realizing it's probably more like 100 feet away. No, 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 maybe more like 30 feet away. Yeah, uh, with less banter this time, we'll kind of just, like, squelch, squelch, squelch. Uh, make me a stealth check, please. Okay. All right. Um, that is going to be a, uh, that's a speed check. Mm-hmm. So you were stealthing. Um, the, I'm going to go ahead and spend that GM intrusion that I banked. And... I am going to increase, because you are squelching through thick mud, the increased range the GM intrusion for this particular role is going to jump to five. Now, it's yeah, like an intrusion out. looking for an intrusion. So that basically all I'm doing is, is I'm increasing the odds of failing terribly. But I'm giving yeah. you a chance to completely dodge the intrusion. So true. So go ahead and make your roll. Okay, sorry, what's my number? Uh, the difficulty of this is going, well... This is going to be a very rare instance where I'm not going to tell you the difficulty number. Fair you enough. Don't actually know, you don't actually know what you're rolling against right now. I don't. Or what you're rolling against. Okay. So, okay. so you let me know if I can do this. I haven't rolled anything yet. Okay. I have an ability called Quick Study. Okay. Um, um, when you take a round to study what's in front of you, gain the facts, you feel more confident what, that you're about to do the right thing. Awesome. You gain an asset on your next non-combat oh, action. Oh, man. Was that the, that was the time to invoke that ability. <laughs> okay, so you're going to stand completely yeah. still. Mm -hmm. Okay, you... I think she realizes it's closer than she thought as she was about to move away and then, like, stops and is like, okay, actually, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> and, like, looks. Um, okay. Freeze. And take a moment to sort of gauge what you're seeing and what the situation is. Um, 
you catch your breath and hold and just regard the horizon a little bit and take into account the movements that just took place, the sounds that were made, the fact that it was disturbed when the devil toad decided to start making noise after you started making noise. Um, what, what information does that give you? specifically it's just it's just when i take around to study whatever's in front of me and uh -huh. gain the facts i feel more confident that i'm about to do the, the right facts? thing and i gain an asset you gain the facts okay it's just when i take around to look to, what you to observe doing. and see yes. yeah okay um through some of the haze of rain the rain of which you imagine is probably working for you and that it is masking some of the movements of your feet and letting you sit here in the dead quiet you see what looks like what you mistook for distant mountain peaks are in fact the tips of scales along a rigid back of thick hide. Um, as you stare straight ahead, you feel this sort of rising sense of instinctual survival terror. Um, it is in fact exactly what you were afraid it would be. Currently about 30 feet away is an 11,000 pound crocodile. It is calmly laying in a mud bank on the edges of what you must assume must be the Jaeger swamp. Um, it is laying utterly still. You don't know which part of the body you're looking at, but you think it might be the back half section because you're starting to see what looks like a bending appendage. What could be the, it's far more likely it's the back leg because the back leg of a dinosuchus is just like a modern crocodile is the one that actually bends down a little bit. The front, the four legs kind of stretch forward and pull itself forward. Um, you take a moment to sort of assess your situation. If you were behind the back leg, technically, if you move very calmly away and quietly, you should be fine. But as you take stock of your situation, you realize there's no easy way out of this. The mud that you're in is going to risk you being heard. Now, the last thing that you just don't know about is the disposition of Grimscale right now. As crocs tend to be, they can just sort of sit there. It really depends if they fed or not. It's hard to say. Um, unlike Stripe, Grimscale, from what you remember, last bit of information for you, Grim does not have the same disposition that Stripe does. Stripe is actively trying to kill things it comes across. Grim acts like a giant crocodile. It's an opportunistic feeder. If there is an opportunity for food, it will take it. If it's going to require too much effort or if it doesn't give a damn, it doesn't move. You're going to find out. How does Grimscale feel today? Okay, so. Taking her second to actually think and stop moving. She kind of like internalizes all of this. And I want to see if I, I know I'm like in the middle of a field, but like. People have moved through here. Stuff has happened. People have died in here. She knows that this thing has killed people. Um, I want to see if I can use... So she has her little, like, tech kit. I want to okay. see if there's any way that I could quietly scan for any inert technology around here. And slowly, calmly pull it out while watching this mm -hmm. mountainous 
object in front of you in this gray curtain of rain. You pull it out and start tapping on it. You just hear the little clinking sounds as rain is just plinking off the metallic surface of your device. You activate it and the holographic projections begins to immediately emit a small silent pulse looking for any signs of energy or technology. Um, you pick up a slight, looks like a very small signature that's approaching you. From the way I came? Um, no, it or looks like it's approaching from the west. Okay. Okay, I don't want to use that one. Um, is there any, like, even just metal, like, dead metal, dead tech in here? Like, theoretically, ideally, yes. on the other side of this creature, that's what I want. Um, judging from the readings, as you gaze down at it, looks like it might be inside the creature. Oh, shit, that's not what I want. Okay. That's where I left my iPhone. Hey, you know where I bet you could find an extra iPhone? At the bottom of a story point. This is true. I, okay. <laughs> I would like, this is, I'm literally, there's no point in any of this besides the fact that I've flavored an ability in a really specific way and that I don't want to make it not that. So, um, I would like to spend a story point, if you would let me, to have some piece of technology near, like, can I have I been able to gauge where its head is? No, you've only no. been able okay. to see uh, what you what you make out to be as a portion of its body. Okay, so here's okay. So I want to see if if, if I could spend a story point to have scanned and found a piece of either dead tech or just something metallic that reads as like maybe dead technology on the other side of it in the mud or in wherever. She's going to keep an eye on it of that location kind of lock in on a technology so i've flavored in my mind uh shatter she can only connect with other technology to use shatter uh -huh. um she's basically going to lock in on it and start to kind of use her to start to stealth backwards and if any movement if anything if this thing moves at all she is going to shatter that piece of technology on the other side of it to keep its attention away from her Okay, and the, then okay, but she's gonna try to stealth. That's literally that's what I, that's all what that whole look we're looking around. There is there is no tech this far north of Silver Creek that isn't in the belly of the thing that you are next to right now. I don't want to hurt it. So I was, that's why I was asking if I could story point it. That was the only reason you could story point to get ease something, but in in this particular case, there's really okay. no way unless um, well, actually. I don't know why, but that will actually scare me. <laughs> oh. oh, that's why it made me happy. You're right. Um, yes, you are detecting a piece of tech. About, I would say, maybe on the other side, if this is, in fact, Grimscale, as it seems to be, um... If this is Grimscale, then it's going to be pretty large. You can assume that on the other side of this crock, which is probably about, oh, maybe at least 10 to 15 feet across uh, in its belly area, um, it's possible that there is something maybe about 40 feet beyond that. You are detecting signs of technology. And not moving inert? Doesn't appear to be or... moving. Doesn't appear to be moving. Does okay. appear to be inert. It does appear to be inert? 
does appear to be inert. It's not moving. Okay. Running on very low power. Okay, well, if it's got power, I don't want to, like, mess up someone's stuff. That's why she was just looking for dead tech. So, okay. She's going to lock in on something inside, something metal inside of this creature. Okay. And try to start moving backwards. If it notices her, she is going to make that piece of technology explode. <laughs> okay, so you activate the tech that's inside its, inside of it, essentially. Mm -hmm. She's just locking on and only going to explode it if it comes at her in any way. Okay, the moment you activate it, there is a humming sound that you can hear from where you are. It just goes... And the moment that humming sound initiates, you see the girth of this animal suddenly shift as it gets up and starts to move. Um, you take instinctively, you kind of lean back without moving your feet to keep quiet. You kind of lean back as this thing begins to shift and you hear the squelching sound. Um, as it begins to shift and move, there is a rustle suddenly, a splashing sound that you hear, this like great like crashing of water. Just and in that same instance, the devil toad starts just croaking loudly with pure rage and irritation at being disturbed. Um, the toad kind of shifts and almost aggressively kind of like, like snaps at this giant moving croc um, because devil toads literally, I cannot stress enough, do not give a fuck. <laughs> they don't care who or what you are they don't give a fuck and this toad reacts accordingly uh trying to tell this large crocodile to go fuck itself um <laughs> as it turns and shifts um as it turns you see indeed this great reptilian foot start to shove itself forward and it starts to move a little bit you see it pushing through the slime and the sludge as it begins to move in the same instance a huge shadow suddenly blocks out the sky in front of you and you watch in stunned horror as the mouth of a second dramatically larger croc chomps down, crushes down on top of this crocodile that was right in front of you. This creature that bites down on the dinosuchus that moves is, must be twice the size. It dwarfs this thing that measured in at 11,000 pounds. This one probably could bite this creature in half. It causes you to freeze in horror as the jaws of this dinosuchus comes down onto the body of the other one. This croc in front of you reacts immediately and its tail panicked swishes out and this gorge wave tidal wave of mud crashes down on top of you almost knocking you to the ground and covering you in soil and gunk just you hit the bound into the into the mud and for a second you can't see anything as your eyes are completely covered you hear the most thunderous baritone growl impossible to mimic as a human being, there's simply nothing deeper or more demonic sounding than the sound of a huge prehistoric crocodile enraged protest as it be as it's bitten. And this is they're like in the mud. It probably feels like thunder in the earth. You can like, feel the vibrations in your bones <laughs> yeah. as these two titans move. The smaller croc, which you assumed, knowing with the knowledge you have, which was a full-grown dinosuchus, begins to move and just panicked begins to push itself away causing a shower of mud everywhere you cannot make out what's happening mm -mm. when you finally start to like lay still for a second and pick yourself up um you start pulling yourself out of the mud you're practically like chest deep 
as you're pulling yourself out, just pulling yourself away. And you see the creature that was in front of you is not there anymore. Um, none of them are. It looks like both of these creatures have disappeared, but you can hear them amidst the fog, the rumbling, this demonic growling sound, and then sickening crunching. Not the kind of sound that bones make when they crunch. It sounds like huge tree trunks being broken. The size of the creature that's being crushed right now by a creature twice its size. You can say now definitively, you have seen Grimscale. For the brief second that you saw him, the upper part of his jaws closing down on this adult Dinosuchus, nothing in your imagination could grow that big. You saw a titan is all that comes to your mind as you're just kind of like and then you begin to feel the mud yeah it starts to suddenly yep. you start to feel lightheaded suddenly i need you to make me a it's happening all at once so i need you to make me a physical check here okay um this is my next non-combat action. Yeah. So I get an asset. Okay, that's going to help. So the difficulty of this is going to be five. Oh, God. So you're going to get an asset that's going to drop it down to four. Climbing? Climbing is not going to help here. If you Just have throwing any... it up there. Yeah. Otherwise, I've got nothing. Um, you got a story point. I do have a story point, which I will use. Thank you. <laughs> All right. You pop off another story point. This one too is... too low on mic. Uh, thank you, Kato, for the story point. Thank you. Very much appreciated. So down to three. Nine or better? Um, yeah, that's correct. Nine or better. <laughs> Make your roll. <laughs> I'm going to have to roll a new character, you guys. That was a three. <laughs> um, okay. So... You start feeling lightheaded suddenly. And it's, it's that type of, it, it washes over you so suddenly that your mind immediately goes, oh, oh, no, 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 something's wrong. And instinctively, you're like, I need to take stock. You start pulling yourself out of, out of the mud when you notice that the darker like slab of this mud that's attached to you, you glance down and immediately, just without any hesitation, emit a terrified scream as you notice that the mud is actually glossy, deep black and kind of coated in this goo, there is a leech the size of your arm oh, has latched yeah. onto you. And it's, you see its pulsating body as it has started to latch onto you. The lightheadedness, oh. it occurs to you in that moment yeah. of terror. Is yeah. Blood is being drained from Lost. you right now. You oh, leap up. God. This thing is probably about three feet long as it's attached itself to you. You immediately start trying to pull it off. And pull it off and you start peeling a little bit, but the creature, it's a leech. Its entire anatomy is designed to attach oh and not let go. And as you start pulling, you feel the pain of your skin not wanting to leave as you're ripping at it. Um, hey, um I have a lab kit. Okay. I think there's anything sharp in there I can just yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. get it to let seize and let go. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that's what she's um, going to do. <laughs> Thinking quickly, you like reach into your lab kit, you pull it out, you grab the nearest sharp object you've got, and you can just, she she's just going to stab into thing. it and try to get it to seize enough that she can pull it, like try to rip parts of it off at least. Okay, uh, make your roll, and if you, or if you want to spend a story point here to gain an asset to help you. 
Um, because again, you guys have got story points to spare. They refresh every yeah, day. <laughs> I need it. I need a real bad. I'm gonna take it. Okay, so I'm gonna set the difficulty of this thing is again, it starts at five because it is a level okay. five beastie. Awesome. So drop down to twelve. You need a twelve or better, but you're using um and you've also got the tool. So I'm gonna say um uh you're gonna need a nine or better. Uh, and what what is this? Which stat? It's a strength check. Strength. Okay. Yeah. So you just oh, need a nine um, or better. Well, okay. Could I could I tempt you? Yeah. Um, she has a, a manual dexterity finesse, uh, skill. Like huh? she is specifically very good with these tools and and being very precise. Okay. And like, yes. Could I could I argue that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. So, down to two. Uh, uh, yeah, down to two. You need six or better. <laughs> Come on, Jill. Come on. We're using tool. We're using tools. You know. Let's do it. 12. <laughs> no, no, 12. You, you steady your breath. The, the panic inside of you, you realize your heart beating faster. You're, you're starting to panic. You're realizing all of a sudden you need to conserve blood. You realize that mm -hmm. you need to keep calm and get this thing off mm -hmm. of you as quickly as possible and, and as, as efficiently as possible. Panic you and fear are relevant right now. I just need to deal with this. <laughs> you immediately activate a laser cutter. Just start. You start disenchanting this thing. It starts becoming uh, basically like yummy food, but not if it's going to burn me. Um, mm -hmm. It starts to sort of like peel off. You manage to start peeling it off. Just as it starts peeling off, you just see its body ride backwards. And as it does, charging right out of this gray curtain of rain is a very irritable, very protective looking 13 ton triceratops. That just <laughs> you just see it thudding through its girth shaking like a rhino as you start pulling this thing off. Uh, Atticus, you see mama's in trouble. Oh. This a thing very large roar comes out. <laughs> Emanates and echoes throughout the entirety of the swamp. I know I yelled, I know I yelled. Atticus just alerts everything within a five mile radius. Okay, okay, come here. If here. we're gonna do this, we gotta go. We gotta go. And so she's gonna try to get him to come towards her so she can grab onto his uh like front horn and get and like pull herself out of the mud. Okay. And then we gotta go. We can't yell like big big teeth. Big um, teeth the big guy. peels right off of you and into the mud just in time to be introduced to the bottom foot of a very yeah. large T-Rex, uh, a yeah. trike. And the um, Atticus, uh, the mud is surprisingly squishy and warm for a second. It's very pleasing. As you step down and reach over to mo uh, mom, you are lightheaded. You are temporarily impaired. Yeah, okay. You still have your full strength pool. I'm not going to count that against you. It's but, not much. <laughs> but you are impaired, which means that you are operating. Um, all effort costs one extra point. Okay. And rolls of 17 or better only deal one plus one point of damage. You do not get any major or minor effects, even if you roll a crit. So you're just kind yeah. of like, ah, ah, pull yourself up. Yeah. Onto the Pulling back on of Atticus's Atticus. horn to pull herself up. And then she's going to try to get on Atticus and just get us to go. We just got to get out of here. <laughs> Atticus, um, as she's climbing up onto your back, your instincts start to fire off. Every instinct in your body as a trike as a creature native to the cretaceous period the way animals just know a predator is nearby oh, you feel that stiffening sensation that you are being watched that something dangerous is nearby just as just as she pulls herself up onto your back we gotta go we gotta go buddy you hear the steam just like <laughs> and like the rest of the legs 
moving you just see sir atticus like just wading through like the, the mud and yeah yeah um you hold holding on to the crest of atticus you pull yourself up just in time atticus you and your mama at the same moment see suddenly emerging from the rain the great head of a croc just just rush up on onto you just you you guess in that moment joe the head of this croc might be close to 15 feet in width in width you don't know how long it must be but the immensity is almost mutated you've never seen a creature this large as it comes barreling out of the darkness at you it looks can like I, something out of the island of kong as it comes emerging from the dark but it stops can I cause a tummy? oh i was like i want to cause a tummy ache if he gets any closer <laughs> it stops his mouth is open and you hear this hissing sound as it stops its mouth widened almost threatening like it wants to go in for a bite however even a creature of this size knows a trike when it sees one and you see Grim stops about 20 feet away from Atticus, his mouth just hovering open. Atticus does have, have the intimidate feature. <laughs> uh, go ahead and how do you use that? You want to make the roll? Um, let's see. Well, I think it's actually, I think, I think Atticus just provides like an asset to an intimidation check. I cannot intimidate this thing. So you, I don't think what it would do is, is you would roll as if you were making an intimidation check and you would use Atticus as a bonus to it. So if you want to try to dissuade Grimm, because perceivably it might be possible Grimm may have just had a meal. It's possible that Grimm had a meal. Maybe we do it. Maybe, maybe we can do a twofer here. Okay. What would you like to do? If, if I can find some, that piece of tech inside one of these guys' bellies and have, and try to get like do a little shatter at the same time have Atticus kind of roar at him which is what maybe we can shatter allows you to activate the tech is that correct shatter is an I'm flavoring it incorrect uh. like shatter is just an ex it makes something explode oh okay okay I okay. have flavored it that she can only do it with tech okay cool gotcha that is why I'm being difficult that, that piece um, of tech is still in the swamp about 40 feet away from you you have to assume that Grim is probably on top of it or next to it If it makes yeah, you feel any better, Caitlin, as a player, I'll tell you right now, you don't have an explosive that's going to hurt Grimscale. Okay, okay. It, it is. It throw is like them a, off enough. Yeah, because I know that you are having hesitation, but I feel like it's because I'm not, I'm failing to describe just how incredibly how big, <laughs> big I'm not gonna hurt this okay. rock is. <laughs> um, okay. Dinothuk is typically in prehistoric times could grow, they, they weighed up to 11,000 pounds and grew up to 40 feet long. You might guess that this Dinosuchus is twice the size, probably closer to 75 feet long, probably closer to about double the weight. I'm trying to solo Godzilla over there. It, I don't want to. I'm trying to get away. Okay, but so I it looks like Grim has been held off because 
that ornery ancient old man of a trike is standing its ground and is pretty much acting like the devil toad of dinosaurs right now. <laughs> Honestly, you see Atticus, like she, he can feel that you're like unsure of what to do. And you kind of start to feel Atticus drop into like a stance. It's going to get ready to headbutt if you don't okay, say anything. <sighs> Atticus's just... head kind of dips low. You can see Atticus isn't acting out of fear. Atticus is at, you can tell. No. You're yeah, friends yeah. with Atticus. You've known Atticus for a while. Atticus is getting pissed off. She's going to do so her. So like I've, I've said previously that a lot of her communication with Atticus is like via his, his like frill, like mm -hmm. either gentle leading like with a horse. And I think that hands over the top of the frill and like, obviously, again, she cannot move him, but like the sure. pressure back of, is like, no, <laughs> um, but she's going to uh, encourage him to be scary and like growl and then she's going to she's going to shatter that piece of technology at the same time and try to just get one one intimidation one like two-sided like boo like get out of here like shoo okay leave us we're not worth it that's her goal okay you shatter the piece of tech there is a brilliant flash of bluish white light that suddenly emanates from the swamp <laughs> It causes Grim's head to suddenly jerk to the left. When Grim's head jerks to the left, Atticus, you see an opening. Oh, you see an opening because that mouth isn't facing you anymore. Oh, it's yeah. head pet time. Okay. Oh, God. Atticus, just off of pure instinct. So I need oh, you to make an animal handling it. check here, Joe. Okay. Because it's, it's like one of those instances where the angry dog isn't going to follow you, but then you make the mistake of turning your back on angry dog or like yep, maybe yep. running from angry dog. And now angry dog's predator instinct activates and it wants you to fuck off. Like Atticus is absolutely in a, Oh, see, you're scared of me, bitch. Like I'm going to come. <laughs> kind of like, um, so He's go like, ahead. No, you were supposed to growl, man. I know it's loud. Okay. Uh, it's three base three. Is this harder? Base three. Um, no, I'm going to say it's just base three. Okay. So you need a I'm nine or better. I'm going to spend one to drop it one more. And then you're like, Atticus, no, 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 oh, no, 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 You don't know what I just saw that thing do. Okay. Wait, is it, so I'm impaired. Does that affect oh, this? It means that anything you spend costs an additional point. Okay, so I have to spend an extra. So if you, you have to spend an additional point out of your pool. And it also means that if you roll a 17 or better, you do not get a major or minor effect. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Yeah. 15? 15 you man atticus it's not like you it's not atticus doesn't necessarily obey atticus it's more of just like you hesitate because mama's trying to tell you something mm -hmm. um however atticus's sudden like almost like like desire to yeah, rush the half yeah the half you rush. see like a faint <laughs> grim doesn't want that you see the head of the croc suddenly turn left and sass. it becomes <laughs> the, the explosion and the angry trike causes disinterest and grim just <clears throat> but what's incredible is in that moment you kind of exhale as you see the size because you can only see the head coming out of the rain but as it turns you see the body as it begins to turn away and head back towards the water you see a mountain of scale just twisting the muscle the legs as it turns and starts heading back towards the swamp. Um, you've never you've never seen a predator this large before. Nothing you have ever seen on land moving this big as it kind of swerves. Thankfully, 
counting your lucky stars that it does not have the same disposition as stripe it becomes disinterested and begins to you hear it squelching back into the swamp curiously enough though the explosion of that energy and the tech in the swamp doesn't stop it, you see for a split second joe humanoid shape form out of the out of the light and you hear a voice go and it shorts out and light fades away so it's like 40 feet away from me yeah you are catching your breath you were damn near close to fainting you were you had yeah. blood drained you've encountered yeah. grim yeah um as all of this is happening something else is coming and immediately your mind just goes to, God, now what? Yeah. For the record, Atticus stands up like super proud, like as tall as he <laughs> could be. <laughs> He's a big boy. He's like 10 feet tall. Emerging from the curtain of rain just before you lose consciousness. <laughs> Good. You think hallucination has overtaken you as you see running through the curtain of rain holding a weapon. Zach. Before tunnel vision atticus atticus take the wheel <laughs> good tracking and the fact that there was a big electrical storm and a big trike to lead the way you all find yourselves running up on atticus who recognizes all of you atticus you remember these especially you rem especially remember ozzy um they all the group all of y'all arrive running up onto atticus you just charging out of the rain Atticus lowers his head because he's looking for Vern to make sure that like Vern is around. What's Vern do? Um, uh, I, well, Ozzy, question: Are you wearing like uh any rain gear or hood or anything? Oh wow, that would have been so smart. <laughs> <laughs> are any of us? <laughs> Zach is. Dal Dahlia and Bruno are. Can we just say that we mm -hmm. we put on Ringo? Okay, cool. Then yeah. Vern will either be Ozzy's choice, dealer's choice. I, uh, Vern will either be right inside the collar or on top of your head. Huh? <laughs> uh, I I like, okay, so I didn't bring a rain thing, but we can say I had a hoodie because this is a thing that Sam, who doesn't own a raincoat or an umbrella, does. They'll just put on, what? For the two times it rains in LA? Exactly. <laughs> so I don't have one. I just get rained on. This is the sensible thing to do. Get them. Um, <laughs> but in an attempt to ameliorate that, I will just wear a normal hoodie, which if the rain is light enough helps. And if the rain is heavy enough, the other thing. Mm -hmm. Weighs um, it down. So point being, there can be a hood with two, two heads in it. Yep. Little great. Two. Then, yep. Double head in the hoodie. So that's wherever it is, peeking out. Okay. Um, you see, it looks like Joe has blacked out. She slumps over the crest of Atticus, who is watching all of y'all. Probably under it, actually. He's that oh, big. That's that true. She probably yeah, is, like, you just, probably like, right slid under underneath. The crest. Yeah. Nice. You warm. actually, honestly, you might just see Atticus. There's a chance you might just. It's true. See you Atticus. probably see a pair of legs just popping out from underneath. <laughs> yeah. Zach is gonna head to over to Joe, uh, as, as long as Atticus permits. Yeah. <laughs> um, the trike looks protective. Hey, buddy. These are friends of mine. It's cool. 
See, Vern's cool with him. I know Vern's cool with everybody, but like, definitely super extra cool. Like, you see Atticus's head sway to the like the water to indicate like what is going, like what they just saw, and then like looks back at everybody else and kind of like starts to like move towards you guys. That yeah. looks like so. What it looks like to, the water, like so what it looks <laughs> like to y'all. What it looks like to y'all is, is that Atticus looks agitated. Like they don't look like they're necessarily agitated with you guys specifically. It looks like Atticus does not want to take their eyes off the water. Like your distraction kind of makes Atticus nervous that Atticus hasn't watched the water line in the past 20 seconds. So Atticus immediately shifts back, which causes you all to draw attention to what's going over there. Immediately, I'm going to say just instinctively because of your survival instincts, Clover and Zach both. Both of you have this instinct, watching the dinosaur's body language. Both of you have this instinct that something is... There's also the electrical storm that you see flickering in the rain about uh, 40 feet away. But what both Clover and Zach are going to notice is there is a deep, smooth groove, like ripping of the mud. And both of you... Neither one of you has to make a roll to see that something really big just moved through here. Uh, I'm actually going to use my Discover Dinosaur ability. Okay. Uh, this lets me scour an area within long range searching for any signs of current or recent dinosaur activity. Okay. I'm, I'm just using this to get the full story of what yeah. happened here. You jog over to the groove and squat down on the ground. Really what's tipping you off, Zach, is you had suspicions, but seeing the look on Dahlia's face... Because Dahlia, too, lives, has been out in the wilds, and Dahlia, your eyes are drawn to this groove, kind of confirms that you should check it out. As you move over to it and squat down and kind of touch the mud and look at it, the Grimscale was here. He was just here. Might still be here. Um, looks, you, you also see blood. And uh, as you look up, you notice that there's some droplets of blood in, in, that have collected in the mud. You see that strange electrical light that's flashing, and you too think you see what looks like humanoid shape and static speech. And the last thing you see is a really fucking angry devil toad about 10 feet away staring daggers at you like, come at me, bro. This devil toad is the protagonist now of this episode. Sup, <laughs> Fred? Question. Yeah, what's up? Looking out into the flash and seeing the humanoid, mm -hmm. it goes away, am I correct? Uh, it's flickering in and out of existence. <laughs> I would like to use one of my powers. Okay. Abilities. Seeing the unseen, I can automatically perceive creatures and objects that are normally invisible, out of phase, or only partially in the universe. Out of phase. Oh, interesting phrasing on that. Um, when, yeah. Dahlia, do you need to spend anything for that? Oh, that's a good question. Does it? No. No. Okay. Your head kind of cranes to the right because whereas everyone else is seeing a flickering image, you see a person saying something, not flickering in and out. You see someone is standing there like a holographic projection of somebody. You are in an almost like dreamlike state as you kind of start wandering closer and closer to it. You walk right past this really angry devil toad. It turns and in protest. I mean, a three-foot devil toad is terrifying unto itself, but as it turns, it doesn't go at you. Instead, it just screams at you in protest and then turns back to Zach. You move up to this thing, this flickering image. You see the humanoid shape. 
and squinting, you lean forward. It's saying something, but you can't see what it's saying. But you're 100% sure it's you. It looks like a holographic projection of you. Your clothes are slightly different. And it looks like your hands are steepled, like you're trying to say something important, but no audio is coming out. Do my hands look old? You do look a little older, yes. This is exactly like my premonition beforehand. Ah, uh, does anybody, does anybody see this? You all see flickering hologram that's sputtering to life, but it's been shorted out by the abilities of the tech that is currently unconscious on the back of a trike. So it's kind of like sputtering and electrical, just light. Yeah, some tech got hit by some lightning news at 11. No, 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 um, no, 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 that's me. Mm -hmm. That's a bunch of sparks. <sighs> right? I look to, to Clover, who would probably know better about whether I'm missing something techie looking. White, Whoa. chrome, old, steeple, hands. It looks like a looping message. There's no audio, but you're saying something that sounds, looks really important. Like you're trying to say something. It, in other words, it looks like a pre-recorded message that only your ability to vision into these out of phase time anomaly is allowing you to witness. Nobody else seems to be able to see it. Is the tech like right next to me? Um, it's on, it's like buried in the mud, but it, in the, you can see it sparking. It's not in the direction of our very big friend, is it? I mean, pretty much everything in that direction. The oh, sheer size of that croc. I apologize in advance. I'm oh. doing the dumb. Do the dumb. <laughs> <laughs> do it. I always tell you, always do the bad idea. I'm going to go, I'm going to go try to dig up the tech. Real Can quick question. Yeah, what's up? Do I find the leech? You find what might have been a leech at one point. <laughs> You suspect the other half of it is probably on the bottom of that trike's foot. There's a lot of gore, too. That I, leech was, leeches, I mean, it's the Cretaceous period. They eat pretty yeah. well out here. Yeah, I'm immediately running over to Joe. Okay. Yeah, Joe looks dangerously pale. You can see the right, her arm looks like it has, it, it looks, on, on first glance, it looks the way things like, do you remember whenever you were a kid and you maybe fell off of your bike and scraped up your arm or your hand really good? Yeah. And it leaves that terrible, that awful burn on like your skin, that dark red blood spots everywhere. That's what you basically see all up and down Joe's arm. I, I, I think, I think Zach would be familiar with this. And, uh, and this is only if it's okay with you, Cynthia. I think at the same time, uh, Zach would go, we have got to get Joe looked at now yeah dahlia's not listening at all okay dahlia make me a physical check here huh, uh, while all this is happening what is dahlia what is uh not dahlia i'm sorry what is clover doing uh yeah clover was also checking out that holographic thing only seeing weird blips and glitches and sparks so you're um you so you're standing next to dahlia then 
Uh, sorry, is Dahlia separate from the group? Yes, Dahlia has approached the object that you're talking about and is about to try to withdraw it from the mud. No, I think I would have uh, been more focused on Joe and the trike. So no. Okay, so you're okay. So you're doing that then. Yeah. Okay, so you're just kind of sitting back and watching everything unfold. I think actually, um, no, I'm probably going to head to the trike to check on Joe. Okay, you see that uh, Zach looks distressed and you can see how pale Joe looks. Okay. Surprisingly though, aside from that thing on their arm, Joe, she looks blessedly free of injury aside from that. It looks like she probably had a couple of really good scares and an encounter with a very large prehistoric leech. Otherwise, she's muddy and she's damp, muddy, but like okay. covered in mud. Just covered in, in guck. The rain is taking care of some of it, but she's going to need a shower. <laughs> okay. And also, yeah, not to become hypothermic in this cold, wet place. A fair point. The that, butter, that's the what Zach's worried about. <laughs> um, while this is all happening, Ozzy, you can't help yourself. You're also watching... Your con all of your concern is on Joe, but you cannot help constantly glancing over and watching Dahlia. What she's interacting with is, you can't explain it, but there's this pull, this bizarre familiarity that you can't explain. Joe, you glance back at her to see how she's doing. It looks like Zach is like, we need to help her. And like, you see striding up to them is Clover, like checking over Joe. Joe's muttering something in her unconscious state, but she doesn't have any injuries. She's just covered in mud. And you glance back over and you see Dahlia is reaching into the mud to pull this device out. Um, Dahlia reaches down and just pulls out what looks like this weird technological looking device, something you've never seen before. It looks like some kind of projector it's damaged it has like exposed you can see a little bit underneath the superstructure like exposed wiring or some such but it also pulsates with energy that is very similar that you've seen before um that is used as a power source for a lot of sati devices sort of that plasmic energy that is coursing through the stun rifle that clover currently has um dahlia looks completely completely enraptured with it like totally drawn into it you see a an image that is sputtering in and out of existence and for a brief moment you think you see it's also humanoid shape but you can't see or hear it but you feel this sort of understanding that you almost know what dahlia is experiencing right now for some reason um the glow to it looks like Sadi tech. Um, I know I don't have expertise. I have like lightsaber colors level of uh, technological familiarity. So along those lines, um, it doesn't happen to be the same. Like, is it the same lightsaber color as the thing in my bag? Um. I'm oh, by the way, where is my bag? Is my bag here? <laughs> I'm assuming your bag is. Oh, you mean is Joe. does Joe have it? Yes, Joe has it. Okay, it hasn't exploded into timeliness. Doesn't look like it. Okay. Um, go ahead and make me if you want to make an intellect check. Dahlia's holding this thing up in front of her, and she is totally taken in by it. Um, 
um, is the thing she's uh, technology. So any like tech identification or anything like that you could use to find out. Oh no, I I asking the question uh-huh. uh, uh, would give me too much information. So <laughs> okay. I will tell you that I'm trained in learning something new and I have an inability in noticing dangers and I'm going to roll a die now. Okay. Roll a and die now. Uh, I don't need to know anything else. Okay. Very good. Roll a die. Like, tell me what it rolls. <laughs> how, do you, how do you make someone ask if there's a notice if you don't know yet? Right. I'd be denied something beautiful. Oh, okay. Well, that's a three. So whatever that is. Okay. Um, okay. Is that a key of intrusion? Um, it's not, not stormy right now. Not right, right now, because y'all are okay. still not in the storm yet. And it's not a stealth roll to, to avoid grim, grim scale. So. Oh, good. Oh, um, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, instead, you find yourself just completely drawn in like a moth to a flame. You can't look away. Whatever Dolly is doing, it's what's haunting you right now, Joe, is that you or not Joe, Ozzy, what's haunting you right now, Ozzy, is you don't understand what is it about this that's so important to you. But it's enough that you track how your instinct is yeah, Joe's fine. Uh, uh, Dahlia might need help getting that. I mean, so at least someone should be watching her. What What do you tell We have to get Joe back. No, I... Okay, so you start getting Atticus ready to move. Uh, that's gonna take a minute, trust me. I'm just gonna keep... You don't, you don't want Dahlia to be un, unsupervised. At, at this point, I think uh, Zach is taking off any extra layers he has and uh-huh. putting them on Joe, going... I need you people to listen. <laughs> exactly. So I'm just going to round her up and I'll be right back. <laughs> Goes. Okay. In which case, um, approaching you, Dahlia, you become vaguely aware that Ozzy is standing next to you. And when you pull your eyes away just for a moment to look at Ozzy, the two of you lock eyes. And in that brief moment, inexplicably, the two of you, frankly, have an understanding. This is important somehow. Ozzy, you know that Dahlia can see this for what it is. And Dahlia, you know that Ozzy can see the importance of this for what it is. Maybe not what it is that you're seeing exactly, but that what you're holding is vital and that you need to see it. A connection. Like randomly saying a reference to your favorite childhood movie and somebody in that crowd knows exactly what it is and finishes the sentence for you. That's the sort of vibe the two of you are banking off each other. No one else no one else in the world could possibly understand or put into words the, the thing that both of you are feeling. And in that particular moment, Dahlia, you suddenly realize, whether you knew this before or not, Ozzy is an osteon and can feel the ebbs and flows of the time as well. You feel that energy in Ozzy. Maybe it's not quite as practiced or maybe it's not as tapped as yours. Maybe it manifests differently, but Ozzy can perceive and they get it. 
You're like me. <laughs> Little lightning bolts next to your heads. I don't have nearly the pink hair dye. Thank you. That's not what I mean. We you have to get this, this, and then we have to we have to go. No, hold on. Can you see this? It's not just flickering. Don't bullshit me. You can try. Do you have an ability at all, Ozzy, that you might be able to use? Something oh, similar? I, um. Uh. Maybe. I don't know. Lovely. I feel like as somebody who is slick, I should have something to combat this. <laughs> Possibly. I mean, the, the one thing I would say is, first of all, you know Ozzy. Y'all have, have known each other for some time before you left Kaleno. But the other thing too, Dolly, is you know what it's like to be a young Osteon who doesn't know how to use their abilities or what it is that they're experiencing. You, it's possible that Ozzy just doesn't know how to tap that part of themselves or they don't know that it exists. Um, I'm going to drop to a knee. I'm going to put my hand in the mud. Do I find a like smooth rock? Um, sure. Easy enough. Cool. Pebbled shore that's been flooded. You just reach down and dig it out. So like you hear the sludge of the like mud. And she grabs a really smooth rock, puts it in Ozzy's hand. You don't know where this. No, you you know where this has been. We have to go. Con no, concentrate on this. Okay, I'm I'm so concentrated on this rock. I'm the most concentrated anything has ever been. I am a paragon of concentration. Can can we get okay, out of the danger? You're, do rock? you're doing a lot of this. <laughs> I need you to do this. You close your eyes. This? Close your eyes. Okay. Feel the smoothness of the rock. Feel the grains of the rock. I need you to concentrate on the rock because I need you to concentrate on what I am seeing on this tech. Okay. Uh, hold this. I'm going to run back and get my bag. Okay. You run back and get your bag. You pull it. You just reach up. You see Zach is trying to put some... Zach is trying to clear as much of that gunk and mud off as possible. Um, you look... Clover is trying to help, too. It looks like the two of them are just tending to Joe. Um, at this point, Atticus has started to really enjoy the fine, uh, the fine grasses that the uh, swamp has to offer. Um, as this is all happening, you reach up and just pull the satchel off of joe's body pull it down quick quick question yeah we were told we we've got an hour to get there and back before huh? we lose the eye of the storm yeah. right yep 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 mm -hmm. yep I, I think if this is only if it's okay with you sam um zach is gonna grab the bag fully intended to give it to you but he's just gonna say we do not have time she will die. Oh my god, I'm so aware, I promise. I will leave you both. Hope you won't, but wouldn't blame you. 
whatever you're doing, please, please make it fast. I am begging you. Okay. Um, all right. You move back over to Dahlia. Um, really quick. Yeah. After Ozzy goes away with the bag, I will turn uh, to Zach and say, maybe you, you two should go ahead with Atticus. I can stay behind and, and protect them. I have a weapon. Grim. I know. Just here. I know. They're really caught up in something. They're not going to leave. I am soon. supposed to protect all of you. Well, I mean, you can't. I mean, you can, but you can't. So you need to kind of cut your losses. Maybe, maybe you two just go. She needs attention right now, so just go. Carl, do not cut their losses. We exist to bleed and die for everyone in Silver Creek. If I lose one of you. Okay. Um, do me a favor real quick, just as a flat roll here. Um, Clover, make me an intellect check. Okay. And I'm going to set the difficulty at this at three. Okay. I just need a nine or better. Mm -hmm. Okay. Eleven. Okay. Just as an RP piece to give you, as Zach feeds this to you, it does not escape you the sounds of past loss in Zach's voice. You get the impression immediately it's not ego, it's not authority, it's fear that you're talking to right now. Oh, she gets it. Yeah. Oh, she definitely gets that it's not ego, it's protectiveness. So it's, it gives you to work with here as you try mm. to angle for your position. Um, well, I don't know. Uh, I think Clover. Clover has an inability in social interaction, so she. So you don't care. You're like your fear so, means yeah, nothing. <laughs> no, it's not that. I think she's Cry just gonna. Cry loser. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, Clover is on the ground because she doesn't have arms available to climb up onto the trike, so she's just helping from the ground. Right. Um, okay. I I think honestly, uh, in Cloverville, she's just gonna be like, "All right, do what's." Do what you need to do. And she turns and goes to join the yep. other two in the Damn, just like that, Clover just pivots away from you and heads over to the other two. Yeah. And I'm gonna keep an eye out for Grimjaw. Grimjaw. I keep saying Grimjaw. Grim scale. <laughs> you, Grim uh, is what they call him from short. He's got all kinds of names. Grim scale is the most commonly used. Grimjaw is definitely used. Uh you called oh. him Rotchaw earlier. Mm -hmm. I did that on purpose. Hold on, Which hold I on. remember Good distinctly. Name. Really quick, I think stream crashed. Stream crashed? Yep. Oh crap. Oh snap it did. Oh. Catch, thank oh we're you. back. We're back. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I can imagine like I just want to make sure Grimjaw is nearby. Dead. <laughs> scream dies. We are now transmitting from inside Grim Grimscale. Rocks fall, everybody does. Rikes and rocks fall. Everybody change everybody your background does. to inside. Of a yeah. crocodile. Okay, um, I think I think we, that we last left off the, the, with them with inability and social interaction. Okay, okay. in which case, so in Cloverville, um, yeah, in Cloverville, so, instead so, of trying to explain it again, she's just gonna say, "Do what you need to do," to Zach, and then she runs towards the other two, keeping an eye out for Grim and having okay, the so, rifle ready. Yeah, Clover pivots and just puts her back to you and walks over to the other two with purpose. Um, keeping. Don't worry, Zach. Bruno will be with you. Bruno's right there. 
and keep an eye out for Grimscale. Grimscale, you don't know if he's still out there. Um, hard to say. You, you've got a basic understanding of what may have happened here. You have the impression, off of, you, of what you gained, Zach, off of what you gained, you know that there were two large croc boys that were just here. Um, one of them bit the other one. Now, it's, it's much more likely that Grimscale was giving a warning to the bigger one, that there wasn't actually a meal made of the, big, the other one, that it was also just piss off, this is my swamp kind of deal. Um, so so Grim could be around here still. Two big yeah. old croc boys. In truth, in truth, you guys are probably not worth Grim's snap. However, Atticus, if Grim decided to come back around, Atticus would definitely be worth a a, 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 a stab or two. Like, and we have a Joe on Atticus. Yeah. So it, it's up to you what you want to do. But right now, everything is quiet except for the rain. I think, I think all Zach can do is just he's gonna do his... get get off Atticus that and make sure that Joe is secure. Okay, cool. And just turn to the rest of the group one more time and go. Please don't make me make this choice. So, over as you're saying that over at Dahlia and over at Ozzy, as Clover is walking up on y'all. What are you going to do here, Ozzy? Yeah, I run back. Because um, you've got the stone, and you come back with the satchel. Yeah. The stone, look, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. The stone isn't really my speed. Holding on to it because I was told to hold on to it. And I, I'll, I'll take orders from given in an authoritative manner, uh, irrespective of the source. But I feel like at the core of it, the thing she's looking for with the stone. Look, let me make a long story short. I'm gonna activate this device. What? <laughs> uh, I'm gonna spend my uh, my my uh, two intellect points. So that'll just yeah. go, uh, go right through my edge. And I'm going to, to the, the things that I've kind of messed with before. Not like, yeah, but um, yeah, that, I, that. You activate the device. You just pull it out. Mm -hmm. It begins uh, to thrum. The moment it begins to thrum, you and Dahlia immediately see this humanoid form crystallize in front of you in perfect clarity. It comes into sharp, sharp image of what appears to be an... It's... It definitely looks like a slightly older Dahlia, but something is different about this Dahlia. You thought you were no looking pink at hair. Your, no pink hair. You thought you were looking at a future version of yourself. It can't. This version of yourself is not that far from who you are now. It just looks different from somehow. But what's different, even more so, is you can hear what she is saying in a loop, over and over again, looping. You hear her saying. I don't know if I can stop them. I don't know if I want to. If they succeed, they save Silver Creek. Click. I don't know if I can stop them, but I don't know if I want to. If they succeed, they save Silver Creek, and it continues to loop. 
And that is where we leave chapter five. Oh, sheesh. I'm in trouble. <laughs> Just like that. Oh, man. This is fine. So I think this is going very well. I'm going to award everyone for, as this is like bringing, uh, this next chapter is going to be the tail end of the storm. So as we bring this down, I'm going to go ahead and award everyone three XP as Ooh. we start wrapping the, yeah, good juicy XP. Um, yes. Also, there was just a lot of discovery tonight. A lot of uncovering some mystery, a lot of unlocking more mystery, a lot of survival roles, and a lot of great role play. So, three XP. That might get y'all. Some of y'all might be actually inching towards getting to the next tier now, right? You guys should have been at least unlocked two of the. You should have two advancements by this point, correct? This would allow me to get my second advancement. Okay, great. Yeah, perfect. Same. That's exactly right. Yeah, good, good, good. Cool. All right. Yeah, same. Well, then. We're going to pause here. We will be back next Monday night for chapter six. Thank you everyone so much for braving the terrible weather, the hurricanes, the devil toads and the crocs to journey with us through the Cretaceous. We'll see you 66 million years from now. Have a good night. As we wrap up today's thrilling recording on Predation, remember that you can catch it live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash every Monday night at 6 p.m. PST. Explore our diverse podcast library, from the $2 Creature feature to Pest Control and beyond. Dive into our rich archive, featuring everything from the eerie mysteries of ghosts and werewolves to the epic adventures of Star Trek and superheroes. Your continued support fuels Althaven's journey, so please consider supporting us on Ko-Fi to help create more shows like this. Join our lively Discord community to stay updated on upcoming Haven events. Until next time, keep exploring, keep listening, and keep the Haven spirit alive. Thank you for being a cherished part of Alt Haven. <laughs>